Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 345. What a huge show with NXT UK prelude and two nights of TakeOver Stand and Deliver. But I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the Monty Mo Pod. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm doing good. You know, uh, I'm happy to be back. Another uh, TakeOver uh, down, and I'm ready to discuss it, man. I'm so excited. Well, uh, so we don't play favourites here on the WNR, but... We do get a lot of chat about when you will be on the podcast. Like I said, it is great to have you back on. Um, we always seem to have a laugh, I think it would be fair to say. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. It's always something. I'm not sure where it comes from. It's off the cuff for the most part, but it, it always ends up you know, being a, a hell of a laugh. So, yeah, uh, I'm ready to get it going. <laughs> well, that, well, before we start with all the NXT action... Uh, of course, next month we're going to cover in depth uh, New Japan and kind of get up to date with that. Uh, but recently we had the event of Sakura Genesis where Kota Ibushi faced Will Ospreay and we had a, a, a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, like I said, we'll get go into the details about how he got there in that moment. But, I mean, just for you, what, what does it mean with him winning? What does it mean for the kind of sport in general? Oh, man, it means, it means a lot. I mean, he's... Uh... A perfect uh, liaison also for for New Japan to continue to expand. If you just talk about who Will is as the competitor, you know he's he's popular around the world for just being great. And I think this is uh this has established him. You know he's been calling himself the best wrestler in the world for years now, and it's hard to argue with his match output anyway. But this this title run right here, this uh this current new uh, version of Will Ospreay has definitely put him uh, on that level that he has been talking himself, uh, you know, as one of the best in the entire world. And you can't argue with it, you know, when you take down someone like Kota Ibushi, who is the reason why those belts were, uh, you know, joined in the first place. Uh, But, yeah, the story that that, that he told to get there was also a beautiful thing. I used to marvel at Osprey as an athlete, but as a complete He's now a complete total package as a wrestler. It's not just about the moves. It's the stories. It's, he can be brutal. He, he can wrestle any style also. Like Will Ospreay is, has definitely, uh, with this victory, have uh, finally lived up to what I think he has always been, you know, compared to and what a lot of people believe he could always be. And I think he's the craziest thing about it. He's just like 27, 28. He's nowhere close to being done. And that's what the most exciting thing about Will Ospreay. Yeah, and again, you know, from a personal point of view as well, to have that kind of British representation as well uh, going on there, you know, it's a huge thing. And like I said, much deserves. And NJPW have announced that Carter will challenge for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome on Saturday, May 29th. Uh, and of course, before Wrestle Grand Slam, Ospreay will defend the title against Shingo Takagi and wrestling Takagi. Yeah, Shingo, Shingo Takagi. Takagi. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you got and on May 4th. So, of course, when we uh, have the catch-up with New Japan, we'll, we'll catch up with everything there, of course, more next month. But let's get back to NXT. And, and first, like I said, I, I am into, I have bought in to everything on the network and everything in the run-up to NXT. So, first, April 6th, I watched Prime Target which was basically a 12-minute promo. You learnt nothing new about Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I was just, just about to get into it, and the thing finished. So I was like, oh, okay, right, well, maybe not worth watching unless you're kind of a huge, under, uh, uh, you know, undisputed era fan. On to the next, he takeover stands and deliver global press conference as well. 
Uh, I think that may be the longest title for a show, the NXT TakeOver Standard Liver Global Press Conference. But <laughs> <laughs> True, true. Yeah, I'm not here to kind of pick it here. We've got journalists asking questions. You've got Cole and O'Reilly, EO and Gonzalez, Balor and Cross, Fulton, Champa, Santos and Devlin. The table was fucking massive to fit them all in as well. Um, but... <laughs> This was really good stuff. All hit the story home, of course, that we know. This is the type of stuff I like. There's kind of more sporting feel to it, you know, um, about, you know, talking about what it meant to them. Uh, saying that, I don't mind training montages either. And I think we saw that, you know, with a, definitely the Battle Cross match. Right. Um, favourite question that they asked it was why European wrestlers are tougher. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a great question. I love Walter's answer, I love Walter's answer too, though. You know, you didn't really want to. You know, be too disrespectful, but you know, he, he made it personal. I love his answer to that question. But yeah, that question also kind of took me aback. It was funny that Beard didn't want to take the credit for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, Wade did a great job, of course, asking the questions as well. Uh, Devlin and Walter stood out to me, but I may be a little bit biased, but I think Balor <laughs> was loving a bit. Of- I think Balor was loving a bit of Devlin's smack talk as well. It kind of got oh, me yeah. really excited for the event, you know. I agree. The press conference did a really good job. I, I, I agree 100%. When Devlin was being, uh, you know, uh, you know, talking about the Irish per- perfecting the cruiserweight style, you could just see Finn with a, sm- a little smirk. It was great to see everyone's reaction. Of you know, uh, Adam Cole laughing at the meathead comment by Io Shirai. You know, that was also another great uh, moment from the uh, press conference. It did a really good job of just establishing not only more heat between everyone who was competing in some of these bigger matches. But also, you know, just rehashing and seeing how I liked how they took some of it because some of these questions were not necessarily related to their story, but they still found a way to kind of turn it towards, you know, their opponent, if you know what I mean. And it it, it was kind of cool, you know, to see that, you know, I love Finn Balor basically saying, ah, after I win, it's just another day uh, added to my reign. And, you know, Cross, after, right after Cross basically was talking about how important this match was for him. It was just a great, like, you know, smug. Prince, you know, like comment, and I, I loved every second of the press conference. Yeah, without a doubt, definitely and check out as well. But we move on to the first night of NXT Takeover Standard Deliverables, April seventh. We had a kickoff, an hour kickoff on the network. That's how dedicated we are to bring this to you. <laughs> uh, we got you got Sam Roberts and Jimmy Smith. Now I looked up Jimmy Smith, former MMA fighter, apparently uh, done bits and pieces of commentary, but both to me sounded like Muppets. <laughs> and I don't know why this was. It's like, hey, oh, oh, tonight it's going to be a great match, True. you know? Like, yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> and I don't know if you know about Jimmy Smith, who's just kind of smiling all the time, going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. The um, pre-shows for me are always rough as far as the talking heads go, especially when when you when when I watch like every week of television, I've pretty much mm-hmm. seen all the build. I'm just ready for it to start. Or, you know, get me to the matches. You know. <laughs> I think that uh, we see Gonzalez arriving. We get UK title. Get Joe. Uh, Joe sat down with most competitors throughout the kickoff. He sat down with Champa, and this is yeah. good. Champa said he's excited as he was. Uh, back in New Orleans, I just realised they've Taz Joe. You know, I, I think Samoa Joe's one of the most dominant kind of competitors, <laughs> and they've gone. Do you know what? I see. You know, Vince got. I see him as a commentator. Damn it! And they've, they've tazzed him up. But I, I, I don't think it's a bad insane. thing. I don't think it's a yeah. bad thing. But I mean, that man was a killer. <laughs> I agree. You know what? The the great thing about it is he just so happened to be really good at that too. 
You know, so he's I, I think he's really good at the role. But oh yes, we, I think every fan, not only a fan of Samoa Joe, but if you if you ever just watched any of his work in NXT WWE before that, all of us would love to see Joe back into the ring, back in the ring, whether it's you know back in the NXT or on the main roster. So it's insane that you know someone as good as him is just, just talking right now. You know, uh, I can't wait until he finally returns because last time I heard. A report. I think he still has intentions of returning. So we'll oh, see. Well, I hope so. That was I hope so because we get the tail of the tape as well. And then Joe does the same with Volta. And I was just imagining a Volta versus Samoa Joe match. Ooh, I was wait. thinking, Jesus, oh, like God. That. Yeah. physical. Um, oh, so physical. But what, what I liked about this interview, Volta saying that he doesn't count the six months that um, NXT UK was shut down, so he's got kind of a lot of catching up. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, and then we see that interview. That's quite. Good, and then some dude on Zoom who seemed really pissed off for some reason. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, he was talking a lot about this match, you know. And uh, backstage, we see uh, they're talking about L A Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a smack talking. Uh, it's time. It, it. Like I, said, I keep seeing Stone Cold, and like I said, hints of the Rock now with what yes. he's saying as well. Uh, but it's time he's confident that he be a new legend to beat Johnny. Uh, onto Dana Kashida, who's going to be more technical. Angry Dude is back, and he loves the world. He loves the word technical. That's what's <laughs> going on there. And then Tony Storm versus Zoe Stark. The pre-show match was added just last night. Storm's been adrift since uh, failing to take the women's top from Io Shirai. Stark's been making waves, hanging up with a brand's biggest name since joining NXT, but she's not picked up many wins. We see Mickey James joining Vic Joseph on commentary and uh, added to this match. Before we get on to what happened in this match, when he announced, I mean, was it... <sighs> I'll say excited for this matchup, but it makes sense being on there, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, with uh, what, especially what Zoe had, you know, has had going on, she's been uh, kind of in her own little, you know, competition, like you said, with some of the biggest uh, stars in the division. You know, just you know, going down the list basically of, of trying to give those uh, ladies a good match. Uh, so it, it made sense. Was I necessarily excited? I wouldn't necessarily say that, honestly. I I came into it just like okay so we're gonna see another rehash you know she's gonna come close and Tony Storm is gonna put her down you know but uh you know as we saw as when once the match started this was definitely uh worthy of the the position you know it, it was given. I think without a doubt we see the cocky Tony Storm wearing down Zoe Stark early but she refused to put the match away she went to the top rope with a plan that was just stopped cold thanks to a superplex from Stark Storm just barely dodged a shiny wizard only to get plant with a German suplex. And then Stark connected on the Shining Wizard for two. And after a near full counter from Storm, Stark hit a super kick for two. A series of suplexes set up Storm zero. But Stark cradled her opponent for a surprise free count. So what were your thoughts on not only the result, but the match itself? Uh, I thought the match was, uh, you know, solid. It wasn't, you know, anything too special, you know, but it was really, really good. Uh, you know, most pre-show matches, you know, every now and then you get some of those classic matches that are, that are pre-shows. I know, especially on the main roster, every now I know the New Day had some years ago, but those are, you know, few and far between. I think Ali had a, Ali when he was in the cruiserweight division had a couple with uh, with Cedric Alexander, but uh, like I said, those are few and far in between when you get those types of matches that are uh, that great. So I didn't think this was like, you know, of course, like takeover level, but for the moment and the fact that Zoe finally surprisingly, like I said, uh, prevail. I thought it was great. And I think for the most part, this was leading somewhere, maybe like you said, a storm uh, in Stark feud down the line or something like that. But, uh, you know, it was great. 
you know, I love the fact that, you know, their names together is Tony Stark. You know, so that was, yeah. you know, that's the thing that caught my attention from immediately. <laughs> so I, mean, I definitely like, like enjoyed it. Tag team. Yeah, yeah who knows? Team. We may get us a, exactly, a Johnny, Tony Stark Johnny Gagano. Johnny Gagano can make the entrance air tires, can't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the match. It looks like Tony Storm may have to restart from where she is at this moment in time. But it was the biggest win for Zoe. But maybe at this moment... It, it, but this is why the NXT Women's Division is so good, isn't it? Because you've got two talented women. You're going, well, where's the space of them up top, you know? Agreed. You know, like, uh, it's almost... They're, they're so deep that it's not really even enough spots for everyone to, uh, you know, like you said, to get their just due at times. I mean, I can make a case for people like Candice LeRae, who could have been, you know, women's champion... Uh, forever ago with her match output and the, the quality of matches that she gives uh, and you know people like her and Tony Storm have, you know have not necessarily got there yet you know uh, as far as on the NXT brand but like you said the division is just so deep it's a it's you know it's kind of a blessing and a, and a curse when you have that much talent on the roster when it comes to individual you know accolades and stuff like that because only one person can be on top. Yeah, I think without that, and I think Storm works better as a face, and I think this is why she, you know, kind of heal to kind of fit where she is at this moment in time. But there's just like there's so much depth. Uh, out of five, this was a good match. What are you gonna score out of five? Uh, I gave it a three and three and a half, three and a half stars. I thought it was a solid. wasn't anything too special, but it, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I'm gonna give it three and three quarters. And I think they just gave it everything. Uh, prediction wise, WNR went Tony Storm in this one, uh, so we're. And we've got it wrong, but it's not going to get any better as the uh, evening goes on. Anyway, as Monty will join us. Uh, MSK interview backstage. They are ready for the biggest match of their lives. We get a promo for the women's NXT title match. And then Joe sits down with Raquel Gonzalez. She's been on tear in 2020, but she wants to make a statement. It means the world for her to main event. You know, her smiling though is really off-putting. What do you think of Gonzalez? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? She's a big bad hill when she smiles. It's like, oh, I don't know if I like that or not. It's so rare too, by the way, because like I could have swore at least most of the most of the time I've been able to see her, she has been scowling <laughs> at least <laughs> a majority of that time. The only other moment I can think of that's prominent that she smiled about was uh you know winning the, the cup and winning the, the tag team titles at the beginning, being awarded those. She smiled and not that long, by the way. So it's a it's a rare sight, you know. Uh, I agree though, you know, it kind of takes away from that intimidation factor when she does it but at the same time you know i mean she's human so i guess it works you know everybody you shouldn't be you know i don't i probably would have a problem if she was angry all the time so you know it works <laughs> it's not the fact that you know she's a heel and i don't think she's a smile it's just like i i find her more threatening when she's smiling than when she is. <laughs> okay <laughs> you know, okay i didn't even think showed, about that <laughs> if she showed up and just going, started going for her, and I'll go, uh-oh, uh, I'm in trouble uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I get so, it. I get it completely. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, then, we see Joe down with EO. Uh, Joe is great. EO is so cool. I think that should just be official. Uh, EO says she's responsible for the women's division. Uh, it would be hard to argue at this moment in time that she is the, the figurehead of a fantastic oh, yes. division, you know. Uh, we get a phone for the take-up. We get a promo for the takeover event. Uh, well, not a bad kickoff, I suppose. I didn't fall asleep during it. Um, before we start the main card, uh, what was your excitement level for this uh, event for night one? And what match were you to? Uh, you know, I was really excited, you know, uh, especially when you have the ma- a match like 
Volta, Volta, and Champa. Volta. You know, I just Volta. You know what I mean? Uh, and Champa. <laughs> uh, you know, when you, I, I just, you knew. I kind of, you know, I can't honestly can't even put into words how excited I was for it because I know how physical Champa can be, but at the same time, I know it's probably no one that can even match the the physicality that that Volta brings. So. I was very excited for that match, and you know, with that, and then of course with EO on the card, oh yeah, I was definitely excited for this one. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, when we get the show started with Nina Strauss uh, with the Star Spangled uh, Banner, of course, playing the guitar, it made me proud to be an American listening to this. You know, it really <laughs> did. <laughs> no opening promo, but I like the skull on the stage. What were your thoughts of the setup? I mean, it is just a skull, but it did take me back to Survivor Series 1998, and I don't know. It's, it's just because I'm old. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great reference that does you know show your age, but yeah, uh, the 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 skull on the on the stage was a nice. It, it was eye catching. It caught my I caught my attention. I thought that was a nice addition. You know, anything that can make it look not make it not i mean they unfortunately they have to be in the cwc which is where they're doing all of their shows uh but you know anything to make it look not look like regular nxt television i thought i think it's an addition and I, it didn't look corny you know it looked great so uh i, yeah. I thought it was good i could be the great right before we get on to the first match uh i watched this on the wwe network over here of course in in britain we've still got a network um what was your choice i know obviously with the it's a bit hoo ha with it going to Peacock, of course, uh, even yeah. though they're saying you can get it half a price, wherever it is. I mean, what is what is going on over there, and how are you managing to watch it? Uh, okay, so in, for night one, I think they simulcasted it, you know, so it was uh, also on Peacock while also being on USA Network, and uh, you know, so uh, they I think the way they wanted to do because I think when they because on USA Network certain times they would go to picture and picture. And on, you know, on Peacock, they would show, you know, everything that, you know, that uh, that would happen. So, uh, you know, they I think the way they did it, they wanted you to kind of switch between both or they just wanted you to take the Peacock offer. But I, I looked at it through USA Network, as I usually do. You know, I, you know, I tried. I, I also am not always watching it completely live. So I DV, you know, I use my DVR. I can rewind all I wanted, you know, uh, even while it's still going on. So that's that's how I chose to do it with USA on USA Network. But I, I could because I understand that on Peacock, uh, while it's live, you can't really do anything. Like if, so, if I would have came in the middle of the show, I wouldn't be able to rewind back to uh, to right. catch up and see at the beginning. So I decided to stick to the net uh, to my uh, to my DVR and check it out that way. Uh, but for, but the transition to Peacock so far, though, and the way things stream, the things I have been able to see live and watching NXT UK, it, it seems to be a really, uh, you know, good process. Everything seems to be streaming uh, fine. It hasn't been uh, as, as bad as the early WWE Network days. I don't know if you got I don't know if anybody remember those days, but man, mm-hmm. the network at the beginning was uh, <laughs> was rough, but uh, it, it smoothed out. And Peacock's tra- uh, at the beginning so far seems to be. Uh, pretty good quality. Well, it's weird because like W and R, we used to actually do like it used to be WWE Network Review, so we right. followed that since it kind of started. And then W got in contact with us and said um, they kind of wanted to stop, you know, kind of doing that. We've covered it before. I did a couple of pipe bombs about it. It's great. Uh, but the, <laughs> the thing is, it's like you said, and now it's kind of weird that it kind of doesn't exist uh, in yeah. America in that way. It's you know still on Peacock over here. NXT 
Uh, it's on BT Sport, so you can watch it. But it's always funny because uh, it like, takes a week for it to get onto the network. But for some reason, both Stand and Deliver events were on there. But you know when um, Vic Joseph always says, you won't miss a second of this in the picture-in-picture advert. For us, <laughs> it just goes to an, it goes to an advert. <laughs> so we miss it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! See, I didn't know that. That's, that's hilarious. Okay, you bastards! Like. <laughs> but like, like I said, I watched it. I watched it on the network, so I had no problems with whatsoever. And our first match, we have no problems with this. It is Dunn oh, no. versus Kushida. Um, before we get on to what happened in the match, I mean, these two guys. I mean, they deserve a round of applause already, don't they? How great they are! Oh yes. I mean, before you can even get in, there, I mean, honestly, you know. These two guys are so good, honestly, and I and I did I will when I when I get into my star rating I did take this into account. But these guys are so good to where the the story what is the story of this man? Who is gonna be who is the best technical wrestler in NXT? You have to be good when you don't have really much personal you know has nothing really personal here, no title on the line to command everyone's attention immediately just because you guys are two of the best technical wrestlers on the roster in the world. Oh, man, I, that just shows you how great that not only we think of them, but, you know, obviously NXT. Yeah, I think without a doubt. So we start this match off against Shirley Tripp showcase his technical prowess but the bruce weight turned the fight quickly into a brawl they battled onto the ramp where the japanese superstar sent dunn careening back into the ring with a long running knee bruce weight snapped the fingers of Kushida to set up the bitter end but the japanese superstar counted into the fisherman suplex and this match was more fight than technical i think if you look back at the gagano kishida match at takeover last time out i was expecting more of that to kind of start off but I don't know if it was a case of Dunn maybe not wanting to go there or that's kind of story of it. And it was more kind of technical. Was that a surprise to you? It was definitely a surprise, especially when you think about, like I said, how technical wrestling, te- technical wrestling was the point of this, of this story of this match. But I thought that honestly, that's what made the difference, the difference in the match. Like I think Kushida was still trying to prove that he was technically better and the difference in the match was that Pete Dunne was like, okay, screw all this technicality. I'm more brutal than you can be. I will make you feel pain, and you and now you definitely won't be able to hang with me if you know what I mean. If I if I hurt you, and I, I think that's that part of the story actually kind of helped the match out a little bit, even if you know it wasn't the technical masterpiece I was expecting. Yeah, I think without a doubt. But we see the counters continue, and we see uh, the physical to the athletic as the men traded blows and holes all the way to the top rope. Kushida flipped down off the top rope right into the hoverboard lock. Bruiserweight made it to the ropes twice. Kushida continued to shift holes. The Bruiserweight low caught the Japanese superstar's fingers in a tight grip. Snapped the fingers down to the vicious roundhouse and then hit the bitter end to win. What were your thoughts on that? Oh, my goodness, man. I love it. It was an incredible match to start the show. It set the tone for the entire, you know, uh, both shows, actually, you know, stand and deliver. <laughs> you know, it set the tone for both of them. You know, it was competitive. Uh, I didn't have a clue who would win, you know, uh, you know, at, especially all the way to the end, honestly. And the only thing I thought was missing was, like I said earlier, maybe a title, maybe a more personal feud to make what Pete Dunne was doing to Kushida look even better because I think doing this over the title of the best technical wrestler. So breaking his fingers is way overboard <laughs> for just that title. But if it was a personal feud, it would make a lot more sense uh, to me. But uh, these two guys are so good. Man, you just let them go at it for no reason. And I thought we got, we had, we got a treat from that. So uh, I gave it four and a half stars. I thought it was really good. Like I said, the only thing that could stop this from being perfect 
was, like I said, maybe a deeper feud to make some of the brutality from Pete Dunne make more sense. But it was still a, a, as close to perfect as almost you can get. Yeah, I think about that. I find these guys just so enjoyable uh, to watch. But I think the thing is, though, is I think Sheeta's on a bit of a big match losing streak. And it mm-hmm. kind of worries me a little bit where uh, I always remember like, Hideo Itami and people like that, kind of the way they've been booked. And it doesn't maybe, you know, I might be wrong. This time next year, he might be NXT champion. But it seems that like every time I go for Kushida, he fucking loses. But <laughs> it's not about that. It's not about that. The match itself, like I said, I give it a four and a quarter out of five. One question I have for you is interesting because I'm always quite, um, like I said, with Dunn, I'm always quite biased. Can Dunn be NXT champion? Oh, man, no question. I think he definitely has what it takes uh, in the ring. That's that's no problem. Now, do they believe in his character work? And does that does that even really matter? You know what I mean? You know, uh, and I think it does, especially... Uh, when you think about the people who have been NXT champion in the past, but he has everything it takes. And I don't see why not, you know, uh, you know, he does, he could be, uh, I don't know if he could beat, I don't know if he would be the guy to dethrone cross, but he definitely could, you know, mutilate anybody he get in the ring with. And I think that's always an element that can make you a dangerous champion. Uh, if they, if they want to go that route now, will they, I'm, I'm not completely sure. But I do believe uh, that he has the capability to definitely be NXT champion one day. And to go back to your point about Kushida's losing streak, I do understand exactly what you're saying. He, uh, you know, losing these big matches can be very detrimental to him long term if he continues to do that. You know, maybe they're taking us on a ride. And when he finally does prevail, it'll be a great feel good moment. But I do agree he has come up short a lot. But uh, as far as establishing to maybe a new audience in America or you know, or to the rest of the world, if you're not like me and you're not familiar with him from New Japan, maybe uh, this is also playing a great role in establishing just how good he is. You know, some people may not know that. So I don't know how far they're willing to go with him as far as like beating established guys like Gargano or like a Dunn uh, if they're not confident that the uh, that the audience uh, is familiar enough with him. So I think a lot of that plays a factor also. I think I saying i went for kushida in the dusty um, tag classic when you alex shelley came back for the time splits they got knocked mm-hmm. out in the first round yep. i went for him when he faced johnny gagano <laughs> for the north american title and he lost yeah. and prediction wise i've gone for him against my one of my personal favorites <laughs> pete dunn because i thought they're not going to do this kushida and lo and behold, um, like I said, Dunn won. Uh, you are playing along with us on the main show. You did go for Pete Dunn, so you're 1-0 up. Uh, like I said, not much else is going to change. Uh, poll-wise, <laughs> Dunn got 62% of the vote. Uh, we move on next to the eliminated match. So we've got Swerve, Ruff, Reed, Crimes, Loomis, and, of course, L.A. Knight. Um what were your thoughts like when we see the uh, Battle Royal last week? Uh, what was your excitement going into this match? Because sometimes with multi-man matches, it's a bit of a, a cluster. Did you think the talent involved uh, were ready for their moment of takeover? Uh, I, I, you know, it's always that fear that it could be, you know, like you said, a cluster and you never know what's going to happen. But I thought the people they chose for this match made this match, uh, you know, like you said, made me anticipate the match. You know, like I said, knowing that rough, and Swerve have personal things. Knowing that Grimes is uh, not only, uh, you know, just a great character, but he's he's always been great at taking advantage of opportunities, which is 
which is a valuable, uh, you know, trait to have in an elimination match like that. Uh, you know, uh, knowing that uh, L.A. Knight and his his stuff with Bronson Reed and how Reed is always a threat, and you never know. Uh, did, I, we wasn't really sure what we were gonna get out of L.A. Knight, and of course, the most unpredictable man in the entire brand. You never know what they're gonna do with him ever. About I don't know. I can't predict the next second when it comes to Dexter Loomis. Uh, so that, he's always <laughs> exciting when he's involved with stuff. So I, I was definitely anticipating it because of who was involved in the stories they had. going. Well, I think right down, we see straight away with his eyes worth Scott attacking Leon Ruff backstage before the match, uh, that they were going to have a few kind of feuds in this matchup as well. The battle continued around the ring. Leon Ruff fought back and even hit in an emphatic spinning cutter off the announce Ooh. table. Um, I do like these two as well. I was impressed with the kind of, you know, the fight that was going on. We see the colossal Bronson re-arrive and then throw both men around with strength. The two men could not match. We had a lovely triple German suplex spot. I noticed this in the match as well. We had a couple of moments like this, and I think really well done as well, you know? Oh, yes. It was, oh, goodness. It was, it was some great spots in the yeah, I doubt no one was put away in this match before Cameron Grimes arrived and brought the assistance of Swerve. Well, he is money, isn't he? The technical <laughs> savage took out the Colossal with a moonsault for isolating Ruff as Dexter Loomis arrived. Um, Beth said that him and Indy together would be Index, which I just thought was a great line from <laughs> Beth Phoenix. Credit to that. <laughs> yeah. He uh, DDT Reed on the ramp and then Swerve pinned Ruff to eliminate him. So Ruff is the first man gone in this match. I don't think that much uh, surprise there. Grimes and then Scott struggled against the um, torture artists before the Colossal got back in the ring. Loomis got caught in the apron with a cactus clothesline to Grimes. This was a bit of the moment that I weren't sure because the cactus clothesline usually Loomis got caught in the apron. At that point, we're, you know, you always worry if he's got a serious injury or not, you know? Agreed. One of the most, uh, a great look, always great to see it. And, you know, I remember back in the day, it always popped the crowd, but definitely one of those spots that is, could be very, very dangerous. And you always got to watch out. I was definitely worried about uh, Grimes, you know, uh, but uh, at, at first until I looked at it again and saw, okay, you know, he he seems to be okay. So, uh, yeah, you always got, I would take a second look at those type of spots. I think about that. And then everybody was laid out as L.A. Knight arrived and mocked the <laughs> other competitors. Reed grabbed him by the hair and threw him into the ring. Um, L.A. Knight actually impressed. And Loomis caught Grimes in the silence. But Knight slipped in and pinned the tortured artist for the elimination. This was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? I was so shocked. I was very shocked. I could not believe uh, not only... Not even just the fashion of the elimination, but just how fast. There's no way I there's no way I thought Loomis would not be at least the one of the last three or you know the, the you know, maybe even the the runner up in this situation. I was if, if you know I, I, obviously I picked him, but you know I, I just couldn't be yeah I couldn't believe it. It was it, it was good though. I didn't think it was anything wrong with again. It puts over just how some you know an opportunistic heel if you see what I'm saying with L.A. Knight. And I thought it was. It was pretty good. And it seems to be leading somewhere. Yeah, I think that. And like I said, there's something wrong with a bit of unpredictability where you go, oh, fuck, I thought this was going to happen. And then you're kind of into it and thinking, oh, well, everybody left has actually a chance to win it now, you know? Well, we get three remaining men attacking Knight and the Colossus got the pinfall elimination off a running senton. Loomis got revenge by knocking out the loudmouth with the silence. That will be a, a fun singles match. Um, mm-hmm. So we see uh, the elimination there. Lovely exchange by the three left. Grimes then tried to roll out Swerve, but Scott reversed with a handful of elimination. And then Swerve planted Reed off the top rope onto the apron. 
I mean, that's it's in a couple of relations, but that was great. That power slam there, that was a move and a half. <laughs> yes, I wrote that down. It was just, it was insane. I popped on. I couldn't believe it. Man, it was a great, it was a great spot. And then we see a 450 flash, uh, 450 splash following, but it was not enough. A trio of house calls came next for a very close fall, but Colosso would not lose. Reed fought back to hit a powerbomb, a reverse pole driver, then a tsunami for the emphatic victory. And after Johnny Garner arrives to talk the new normal contender for his title, but I mean, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I, I really, man, it was so fun. This match was very, very fun. You know, I was genuinely shocked when Loomis was eliminated. I mentioned that earlier. And it was just full of notable moments, you know, uh, like you mentioned, the power slam, the cutter early in the match. Uh, The fact that, like you said, Grant's paying off swerve. Like, I mean, that's just – I popped immediately after that. And I liked how, you know, even though they did eventually fight each other, they also, once Bronson Reed was along with them, they started back. Like, all right, let's jump them, you know. I thought thought they, they wrestled a smart match, especially swerve. Swerve really uh, shined uh, in his moments in this match. I thought I thought the little mini one-on-one match they had in the end was was really really good. You know, uh, I so I, I really think Reed uh, deserved him. You know, winning this match because it just reminded me how close he was to becoming North American champion. Uh, you know, in the ladder match, I think I don't know if he got injured, but I do remember him being in that ladder match. Uh, you know, and he was one of those guys who was who's been chasing the North American champion for a while. You know, I, I only picked Loomis because I was going with an active story. I thought maybe him and uh, Gargano had some some unfinished business. Apparently that business is finished. And, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, he's a great I, I thought he would be a great fit, a great opponent for takeover for Johnny Takeover. And, uh, you know, I, I gave it four and a quarter. Well, like I said, Swerve was the start in this, but they're all good in patches. You know, Reed winning is a pleasant surprise. This is another really good match. Uh, out of five, I'm going to give that at four. Was this too long, or would you think? I think it was just right to tell all the stories that were involved. Right, I think it went it went perfect. It was it was just right, right in that sweet spot. You know, no one overstayed their welcome. You know, everything uh, seemed to be, uh, you know complete once it was done i thought it, it, it nothing nothing screwy nothing that didn't make any sense you know that's another thing like like i said i mentioned swerve looks smart everyone uh you know psychologically seemed to be doing uh you know things that made the most sense and i just love when my wrestling makes sense you know yeah Oh, like I said, it told all the different stories. Uh, Prediction-wise, like I said, we, we both went for Loomis, so it's still 1-0 to you. Poll-wise, uh, Loomis and Knight were both tied on 40, and uh, the winner, Bronson Reed, got 16%. Uh, we then move on to the NXT UK Championship, Volta versus Tommaso Ciampa, a nice promo beforehand. And Ciampa, to say he looked ready would be an understatement, wouldn't it? <laughs> Agreed. You know, old man Ciampa looked like he was... Turning back the clock a little bit is hilarious when he's when you think about it, he's much younger than he uh, has looked. Yeah, but he uh, looks. But, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's much younger than he looks. But uh, yeah, he definitely looked like okay, he was ready. I think he mentioned in the interview. I think it was with Joe that he was in the best shape of his life right now, and he looked like it. Yeah, without a doubt. And I love Volta's entrance as well. You know, when you hear the and you just know that there's going to be trouble. Um, mm-hmm. But it seemed Tomasa's jumper strategy early was mostly to survive, and Volta's chops made an impact on the challenger. But Lavin Genarel missed with a chop that broke the top of the announce <laughs> table. <in> a... 
might be the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know? Oh yes, I was. Uh, yeah, I, all I said was holy shit. That was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. He broke it in half. It was great. Oh man, so, such a great moment. Such a great moment. Really, man. The replays and even the conversations go. He just he just broke it in half. Like. <laughs> Yeah, actually did. And while impressive, but clearly injured, Volta and Champa had an opening. Mm-hmm. The Blackheart battered the NXT UK champion, running clothesline that sent him into the ropes. This set up Champa hitting the fairy tale ending for a shocking near fall. Uh, Volta was clearly rattled, not able to get up before an emphatic running knee. However, Volta caught Champa in the ropes for a German suplex and running lariat that nearly won. The Blackheart dragged the Vingano to the ground to batter him with a fist. The two fought to the top rope from which Champa hit an over-the-shoulder, belly-to-back pole driver for a near fall. <laughs> just think about what you just said. <laughs> belly-to-back pole driver. Insane, it was, it man. Was, no. I mean, I know you've got King Kong versus Godzilla, but I mean, these two, when they came off that top rope there, my word. Um, they then traded chops in the centre of the ring before Volta threw him to the mat and stomped on Chompa's surgically repaired neck. He hit a pair of power bombs and then a released German into a big boot uh, for the victory. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Yo, uh, I, I must say at first, the tail of the tape, having Chompa and Tangible as psychotic, Throughout every time I seen it, it was hilarious to me. I don't know what I don't know what it is, even though it's true because I know what he's done in the past. But wow, <laughs> psychotic and uh, you know Walters being unbeatable definitely ended up reigning true. You know, uh, again the, the breaking the table is just like holy hell. Like what do you do about that? Like he's so lucky he missed that. You know, <laughs> and then you know uh, the I can only imagine what that would have felt like. <laughs> Uh, well, it's like, you know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm about to say, like, Volta, but the red chest of Volta, you know, like, we, we I haven't seen him in that kind of condition. You mm-hmm. wonder what the in, internally with Chumpa looks like after those chops as well, you know, like, to say they laid it in is just incredible. <laughs> you know, like. the, the physicality of this match, man, it was just so, per- it was perfect, you know, the psychology along with, like you said, the chop setting up, uh, you know, the hand uh, work that Chumpa started to do. You know, it just took this match on another level. I, I love how smart Chompa was, you know, in this match. Like you said, he was tough. And also, like you said, he utilized chops against Walter. That was the like I've never seen Walter Walter's chest look like that. You know what I mean? It was it was incredible. Uh I, I just I love the way uh this match just went in general. It was just perfect in my opinion. I uh definitely gave it five stars, even though I knew Chompa would not win. I still was on the edge of my seat because he realistically looked like okay, he can be might beat him. I couldn't believe it. It was great. It's a tacker it's a tacker moment we were talking about. It's that tacker yeah. Chinoku moment where you go in, he's not gonna, and then that once I think when he came off that top rope and you're going, Chompa might fucking do it here. <laughs> he might actually do it. And yes. you know, you know, and that, like you said, is a secret. Uh, but uh, Volta match is much like a Hell in the Cell match with the impact that that <laughs> oh person takes. It's a good know. point. Um, that's a really good, that's a good comparison. <laughs> but what makes him so good as well is it's simple moves made more impactful. It's power bombs. It's big boots. It's it's not kind of, you know, 630 splashes or nope. whatever it is. It's simple but effective and it makes it more brutal. I agree. He doesn't need any of that, like any of the the flashy moves that everyone loves to see. Every, you know, and all that. He doesn't need it. You know, like you said, chops, regular strikes, power bombs. You know, 
just uh, just perfect. I, I I love it, and then it's perfect, like you said, for who he is. He's he's so imposing and so intimidating. What do I, I would be pissed off if I see him, you know, do a moonsault for no reason? If you see what I'm trying to say, you know, he's too big for that. If you see what I'm saying, you don't need to do it's that. Just- it's just, like I said, he's fantastic. I'm going to give that a five out of five as well. Playlist on the loop all day long. Yes. Uh, I, You know what I mean? It's just it's brilliant. Uh, prediction with Volta. Uh, so it's 2-1 to you at this moment in time. 68% went Volta. And then we see a promo for Frankie Monet. She's going to be on NXT on Tuesday. We have spoken about that before, so that will be quite exciting. We get a word with Reed backstage. Johnny said, tomorrow it gets real I, the Hill Johnny is, is just brilliant. I'm sure we're going to touch on that more tomorrow. And then the NXT Tag Team Titles up next. It's uh, Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK versus the uh, Legado del Fantasma. Um, and we said it before we talked about going into this one. You just knew it was going to be crazy with these three teams involved, didn't you? You know. Oh yes, I, I was expecting a, a insane pace. You know, I was expecting. Uh, you know, also just great teamwork. I think, like I mentioned before, MSK and GYV, uh, and even Legato in this match, uh, all have great uh, tag team maneuvers and you know and things that they were doing together. And that's one of those things that make tag team wrestling so so great. You know, seeing two guys work together to accomplish a particular spot. So uh, yeah, I was looking forward to this to see you know what would happen and uh, you know how just how far they would go. Without a doubt, this match was all action from the opening bell. The teams went after each other, unafraid to put their bodies on the line. Grizzle Young Vets worked MSK, but Ramon Mendoza and Oakland Wild dived onto the field to take him, take over the match early. That was great. Uh, and then we see <laughs> Double Coaster Control, which again, you, you don't see that often. You go, do you know what? It's actually a big couple of days for Legada Del Fantasma. If they can, you know, win the uh, titles here tonight, and of course, Santa Escobar. Uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship, you know, uh, are they doing right by Legado? You know, do you think this is a, a good position? We talked about it being squashed the other week, and now they've got an opportunity for the tag titles. Uh, you know, that's that's a great point. You know, uh, I think their depiction as as lackeys uh, should be, you know, out the window, especially after this match. But, like, you know, the quality of their matches, even in uh, the Dusty Cup, I thought, they probably deserve a little bit more respect than they seem to be getting. And I think they're on that path. I think uh, that's what this weekend for TakeOver has done for Legato. Even, uh, you know, in this match, I think this should establish them as more than just Santos, uh, you know, uh, lackeys. And I think Legato, Del Fantasma as a whole, you know, looks better after this uh, these two shows. Yeah, I think that. Uh, well, we see only Wesley and Nash Carter can change the momentum going off into a flurry of action that was almost impossible to follow. MSK <laughs> nearly got the win on James Drake, but Zach Gibson took Lee out in uh, and nick of time. Gibson trapped the injured hand of Lee in the turnbuckle before Drake hit a dropkick into it. Gibson then locked into Shankly Gates, and Carter barely stopped his partner from tapping out. That was great. And then we mm-hmm. see uh, Carter slowly passing out, and then uh, realising, you know, that his partner still out, can't tap out. But they, uh, the guy that had a then went after Lee as well, nearly stealing the win. Like I said, really, really good stuff. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans MSK took out the Gardner Phantasm individually to leave the rival teams in the centre of the ring. The Doomsday device looked absolutely brutal, no yes. doubt about it, to the outside. 
Um, and then Carter reverses the ticket to Mayhem into a double cutter followed by an elevated blockbuster with his partner to give MSK the emphatic win and your new NXT Tag Team Champions. MSK, what were your thoughts? Oh, man, I, I, I thought this match was, like you said, it was non-stop action. You know, it was uh, it was at a breakneck pace from the beginning. You know, uh, all the teams, you know, made sure that it's not just, and not even just high, high spots, you know, it was just – it was a lot of high spots involved, but I thought they mixed in a really good story, especially with GYV and MSK. Like you said, the hand spot, that was kind of a callback to GYV uh, breaking, uh, you know, uh, I can't think, Wesley's hand, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I thought GYV had it won at many moments in this match, you know, and Carter stopping him from tapping was just an awesome spot, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, and, uh, the, and I thought it was also, you mentioned coast to coast. You know, a lot of I'm a, maybe I'm showing my age because when I see that, I think Van Daminator, you know, shout out to the <laughs> Hall of Famer. So I thought that was a shout out to the Hall of Famer, or, uh, new Hall of Famer RVD. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, all the teams brought their A games. Unfortunately, GYV are runner ups again, man. That's the only yeah. if I had a downside to it, that made my only thing. But that's just me being biased and loving them so much. So, it, you know, I gave it four and a quarter. I thought it was a really good match. I didn't think it was perfect, you know, uh, but at the same time, it was still uh, really, really entertaining stuff. Uh, I don't it wasn't it definitely wasn't boring. It was at such a pace to where you almost can keep up at times. But uh, I, I definitely love this match. Yeah, I think, like I said, with Grizzly Young Vets, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. But hopefully, you know, Lou will get the chance. It's another great match, though. I think it could have been a little bit longer and mm-hmm. with the elimination. But I'm just being picky because, obviously, we had that earlier. But I'd love to see a one-on-one match. And I think we definitely will again for MSK and GYV. Right. But maybe tag wrestling has arrived in NXT. It's a great moment for both. You could see the emotion. And also the, the way um, they were dressed as well, the kind of green and white kind of to maybe dx or you know that kind of thing as well uh really really good out of five i'm gonna give that four and a quarter as well like you said really good stuff uh prediction wise like i went grizzled young bets because i thought no they're gonna actually help out nxt uk this this couple of days and they're gonna get the opportunity to be champions Mm -hmm. i of course was wrong uh (laughs) (laughs) you went msk uh to win uh so it's three one to you at this moment in time Dubbing up four one overall for the night. Uh, poll wise, MSK got fifty nine percent. Grizzle Young Vets forty one percent. The Gardner Phantasma didn't get any votes. <laughs> whatsoever oh in that one. <laughs> um, we still see Stephanie in the crowd with uh, Saray, who is going to be uh, obviously good to see yet another talented woman joining the strongest division in wrestling. You know, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable the talent involved now, isn't it? You know. I mean, it's just every every with every passing week, you know, it's just almost it's like they just get stronger and stronger in that division. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with where like play, people like Tony Storm fit in. You know, the division is only getting, you know, better. <laughs> well, speaking of the women's division, it is a main event time and it is for the NXT titles. EO versus Gonzalez in February 16th, 2020. Raquel helped Dakota Kai win her grudge match. And since then has been on an impact just think how much has changed for her since then june 7th 2020 eo wins the title i know the kind of with covid and the, the way it's been set up and people saying it's maybe it's not the same but if if anybody disproves that it's a year that uh, eo and raquel have both had leading to this moment isn't it you know i agree 100 percent. they were definitely 
two of the MVPs of not only this division, but like you said, the entire, you know, pandemic run of shows they've been on, you know, especially like you said, with EO's match, her match output. I think I've seen, I've seen it floating around since this match uh, ended and uh, just like a in combined like shot of all the title matches that she's had. And I couldn't find one that I didn't love. If you see what I'm trying to say, that's, that's how great her reign has been. And then that's not even taking into account moments like war games, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. So uh, yeah, both of these ladies, and like you said, Raquel just debuted, you know, early last year. And uh, like you said, to come from that spot to like all the way, like I said, the war games or the, or the few with Rhea Ripley and where she is now, tag team champion, you know what I mean? And now to this moment, oh man, I didn't think two, no, there were no two more perfect candidates for this spot. No, I doubt. No killer promo beforehand. We've talked about this, you know, in the months that you've been doing this as well. We spoke about how to build a badass in Gonzalez, and it comes to a point like this, you know. And after entrances and spotlight, I really like the screen, though, with the names on either side and the little fun facts, you know, on each one. I think NXT, the little details that I add to it, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed those little bits. Um, but we move on to the match and we see EO Shy immediately went after Raquel Gonzalez. So actually, have I mentioned EO's really cool? Because I might not have done, but <laughs> here we go. She hits the head scissors, take down and drop kicks, followed by a huge suicide dive. Dakota Kai then attacked and the genius of the sky causing the uh, referee to throw her out. And surprisingly low, Gonzalez was not able to match the champion's tenacity. Shy caught the challenger with a sunset flip powerbomb, then locked in the crossface when Gonzalez escaped. The Genesis Sky followed outside to hit a moonsault on a ramp and then rubble, running double knees into the stage, which again is just awesome because he it's the it's the intensity of EO, it's yeah. the overall package. I can't you know it, it's just brilliant. And then you see it disappear and uh, you go <laughs> I, I I I you know wonder where she's going. And mm-hmm. that was not enough because if she, uh, 20 foot high, there's nothing she hasn't jumped off of yet in NXT. A 20 foot skull. On the stage, it is so EO, um, diving yeah. cross body. The impact of that, the sound of her hitting that, the crate, you know, the metal grate as she um, lands as well. It was just, it was brilliant, wasn't it, you know? Oh, man, I, I, all I had to say was I just should have known that EO would dive <laughs> off the skull as soon as I seen it. It is a tradition at this point. And also, she reminds me, well, at, since it is a tradition, reminds me of Jeff Hardy in the late 2000s when he was diving, when he dived off, or dived off the the top of the thing, uh, the Tron on Orton, and one time when he did it off the semi, you know, against Umaga, you know that 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 like he was on a run of just diving on everyone. He pretty much made a career out of it, and I think Eo's <laughs> on her on her way, on her, well on her way of doing it too. I don't know how good that is for you long term, but man, is it always beautiful when she does, and she always perfectly executed almost. And- that is, just, I think that's the secret as well, you know, when you talk about how to do it right and those big moments and it to look as devastating as it does. It just shows she's just so on point. She then threw Gonzalez back in the ring, went up top, hit the moonsault, and it was one, two, no, no. what? No, yes. Gonzalez got the shoulder up. No one has ever done it. That was, I was shocked myself at that point in time. 
Yes, me too. She looked like a monster. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, okay, yeah, as you, it's gonna, it's not gonna be easy at all. It's just this is <laughs> like when you survive. That just shows you how well they built that finish up too. Also, because no yeah. one has even come close. Once the moon saw this hit, we know it is over, and you're conditioned to believe that. So as soon as Raquel did it, it was just, it was just a beautiful moment. I was expecting EO to run up to get the skull and then roll it down like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> chasing after Gonzalo. I was like, that's the only way we job done. But outside the ring, the challenger hit a single arm powerbomb on the floor to get back mm-hmm. into the fight. The genius of Sky would not give in easily, but she was unable to kick out after a second single arm powerbomb in the centre of the ring. Yes, that's right. EO's record run is over. We have a new NXT Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez. The night ended with smoke and fireworks as she holds up the belt high with that really disconcerting smile. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the match and uh, and everything that happened after? My, uh, you know, my thoughts on the match was just uh, was it was a great great story in this match. I love how the smaller competitor was, was escaping the larger powerhouse at all costs, you know, that, that all, that never fails to work in my opinion, when you have these two different styles in the ring, it showed this match also shows how versatile a, a performer EO is like, she can wrestle any style, any pace against any opponent. You know, I'm not saying she necessarily just cared Raquel because Raquel definitely her presence and her, you know, her athleticism definitely, you know, was a, a great element also added to this match. Uh, but, man, like you say, he also cool. She's just one of the best, if not the best, uh, wrestler in the world. I love how much damage Raquel took. You know, she's been so dominant in NXT, so just seeing her in any kind of trouble is a rare sight. You know what I mean? It's a rare sight. I had to give this match five stars. I actually really did enjoy it. Like, it was, I don't see any, I don't see, I didn't think it was that many. If it was a flaw, I didn't catch it. And the storytelling that went into this match, uh, in this, you know, uh, in each move, like you said, EO seems to be like, she's just like, they call her the genius of the sky, but like, she's just a wrestling genius in general, if you know what I mean. And, uh, also one uh, side note at the end of the show, I was really kind of, I was worried about Raquel for a second because it got so smoky and I was like, there's no way it, it no way that she, <laughs> that she's in, comfortable right there. So she stepped forward out of the smoke a little bit to hold up the bill. And I was like, okay, now you're doing good. Okay. Now you look safe. But uh, <laughs> I also, I, I also like the bit where the smoke's going on and Vic Joseph has to go like, yes. And that's the end of the show now. <laughs> like, trying to get his Cause it's just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He had to raise his voice. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Man. Um, <laughs> it's the subtle things that just crack you up about wrestling, man. Yeah. You know, it's the little things. Uh, but like you said about the match, clean as a whistle. You know, look what it meant to Gonzalez as well. You know, the amount of motion. Um, but this was the EO show, made her look like a million bucks. And like you yes. said, she is. The great, she is the best for, in my mind. I don't, I don't go into like Japanese stuff, you know, the women's wrestling as much. But mm-hmm. for me, she's the best, she's the best women's wrestler uh, on the planet. Maybe yeah. you know, you might argue just you know, say America or you know, UK, whatever it is. But there was just, she is a, a superstar. You know, we talk about that with like a Becky Lynch, but I think EO's got it as well. And people might say I'm crazy, but hey, call me crazy, you know. Um, I'm going to give this four and three quarters out of five. Uh, there was a talk about, could it have been a little bit longer? Maybe it had been cut uh, for TV time. What were your thoughts? Yeah. Would it help add another five minutes to it, do you reckon? 
Uh, I think definitely it could have uh, it could have used a little bit more. I wouldn't be mad at that because, uh, like I said, I was enjoying it so much that honestly I wouldn't have minded, like you said, a, a couple another five to ten minutes. You know, added on. Maybe I agree with you a hundred percent if it was just completely on Peacock. You know, kind of like a match the the, the main event that we're going to talk about for night two. You know, uh, it maybe would have had a longer leash if it wasn't just you know like you said accounting for television time. Uh, but you know, like I said. Uh, I was completely invested, and and then it made sense, especially since we mentioned that no one kicked out of the moonsault, you know, and all of that. Uh, but no one has even come close to even moving, much less after the, taking the powerbomb. So once EO took it on the floor, the match could have been over <laughs> right there to me, honestly. Like, that's just how over, or at least how, how much I believe in that finisher since they built it up uh, perfectly, uh, if you ask me that one on powerbomb. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I thought it was a, a great match still, but yeah, I can understand people wanting it to go a little bit longer. Yeah, that's an excellent point about the powerbomb, because like I said, it's just another layer to the mystique of Gonzalez now as well, you know. Uh, Prediction-wise, of course the double went EO, because they're fucking stupid for some reason. Fonzie uh, went for Gonzalez. Final score, 4-1 uh, overall. So you only got one wrong. What a, what a great night that was for you. Um I, I say for you because the WNR scored one for six overall. <laughs> yeah, you know that was it's a rough it's a rough ratio right there. Uh, wow, is that everything that could go wrong went wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, everything. God, but yeah, uh, it's a little wow. luck, you know, it's a little luck because you know Triple H is not the most predictable booker or you know whoever <laughs> makes it. He's not the most predictable, honestly. Yeah. yeah, it says Mr. 4 out of 5, yeah. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Fair, fair, fair point, fair point. I'm trying to make you feel Paul good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul Wise, EO, 53%. Uh, so, night one rating then. The match of the night is obviously the NXT UK title. Or was yeah. it? Was it better Easily. than the women's match? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think uh, so, yeah. I, I think they're great. They're, they're great for different reasons. But definitely, uh, I'll take... Like you said, Chomping Volta forever on loop. Just just play it forever, and I'll I'll be there to watch. <laughs> um, well, let's say the the MVP of the night. Uh, I've got to say, uh, Swerve Scott in the uh, eliminated match was great. Uh, EO, of course, in the main event, and Tommaso Champa for making us believe. I mean, who's your MVP of the night? Yeah, easily uh, Tommaso Champa because, like I said, I think most of us. At this point, because he's been so dominant, assume Volta is going to dominate and defeat whoever he fights. So the fact that Ciampa had me, like you said, so worried about my pick, <laughs> I have to give Ciampa uh, props. and uh, He definitely showed up in this match, on this night. Oh, wait, right. uh, we uh, talk about the rating out of 10 as well for the first night. Before we get on to that, we asked everyone, how do they rate NXT TakeOver night one? 13% said okay. Good got 21.7%. Uh, awesome was 30.4%. And great, 34.8%. So a great way to start. This was a great way to start, uh, stand and deliver. I'm going to give this a 9 and a quarter out of 10. What are you going to score it? Yeah, I'm right in that range. You know, right about 9, 9 and a quarter, around 9. You know, I think that's exactly where it was. It set the tone for what was to come. It was, it had, like I said, classic matches. Uh, mostly Chompler and Volta. You know, but honestly, nine out of ten, I think that's a, a, a fair grade for the entire uh, first night. Yeah, and what a first night it was. Like I said, it made us excited 
for the second night of Standard Deliver. Before we got there, of course, NXT UK, which is, you know, still going around, of course, shut down, as we talked about, for six months during uh, the, the COVID. Now back again filming in BT Studios. This is saying that uh, I watch on a weekly basis or because it's only an hour show sometimes I might have a you know catch up four episodes in a month whatever it is uh, what about NXT UK for you do you watch it often have you even heard of it you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've definitely heard of it uh, but uh, I, I must admit since they have returned I have not been able to catch much of it you know uh, you know it's hard enough as it is to even incorporate like i said I'm, I'm trying to incorporate new japan into my podcast and that <laughs> that is a struggle you know because sometimes those cards are lengthy and you're trying to also keep up with what's going on in WWE. but uh yeah i i definitely have enjoyed uh nxt uk shows pre you know pandemic uh you know so but i'm very new to what was going on currently so i had to do a little bit of uh you know a little bit of reconnaissance you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, I think we're out of doubt. Of course, I'm here, of course, uh, to try and uh, give a little bit of backstory to each of them as well. We start off April. April 8th is, like I said, NXT UK prelude. We get the NXT UK Heritage Cup. It's becoming quite a coveted prize for the roster. A-Kid mm-hmm. uh, got awarded this early in the uh, year, and they kind of do it in a British round format where you have six rounds, each three minutes, and uh, you've got to score two falls to... Um, Two out of three falls, basically, is what you've got to do. Uh, A-Kid is the, the champion at this moment in time. Uh, and the matchup we're going to see versus Naam Dahl. Of course, Tyler Bate was called out for this match by Naam Dahl on the Supernova Sessions. And they'll have their best mates in the corner, Trent Seven with Bate and Shah Samuels with Dahl. Of course, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate are Mustache Mountain, former NXT Tag Team Champions. And Shah Samuels known as the East End Butcher because his family is butchers. Uh, and actually, that's what they do for the line of work. He's been wrestling for about 25 years on the independent wow. circuit in Britain. Uh, a okay. guy, I, lucky enough, uh, we've seen, you know, uh, when you've got like holiday camps or stuff like this, this is a guy that's been around there for so many years, finally getting this chance on the main roster. Plus, I love the way he talks. He's like, come on, you muppet. So uh, <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, yeah. This could either be a technical wrestling classic or a dirty fight. Won't know until the bell rings. Like I said, British rounds apply here. It's been in six three-minute rounds, the best two out of three falls. Uh, what were your thoughts of the British rounds when you first saw it? You know, because it is a little bit weird for someone to get used to it, you know? Uh, yeah, at first, you know, I was, I was, you know, a little bit, not necessarily overwhelmed, but I was, I wasn't sure what to expect. But as the, you know, as these two got going, you know, it definitely grew on me. And, uh, you know, I left this match wanting to see more of these, you know, these style, uh, this style of matches. You know, I, I, you know, I wasn't so sure at the 20 second breaks, you know, I thought that would probably, you know, maybe mess up some of the pacing. You know, you're not used to, you know, guys just stopping, you know, when it comes to, you know, professional wrestling. But it also reminded me of, you know, you know, sometimes watching, you know, MMA or watching boxing. So it was beautiful, honestly, once. I, I got uh, the hang of what was going on and uh, what was the goal of the match. Yeah, I think about that. So we've got Tyler Bate, of course, the first NXT UK champion. And we've got Noam Dar, a guy so underrated, a guy yes. who, uh, like I said, you know, he's been around for so long. The original in the Cruiserweight Classic tournament on 205 Live when it first started. On Raw, when it had the Cruiserweight division, people listening, it did used to have a Cruiserweight division <laughs> with purple ropes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Change the rope um, every show. It was insanity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, SmackDown, he's been on NXT. You know, Dar's been everywhere, and he's got a bit of personality, like the Supernova Sessions that he does, you know, like the Piper's Pit of NXT yeah. UK. 
Um, round one will start after Aiken appeared on the screen to remind everybody that he's watching. Good for him. Uh, we get <laughs> Bate and Dahl locking up before throwing some strikes. It was a total stay, mate, and Dahl went for a backslide, but Bate would counter out into the corner. And Bate got a roll up, and that was the first fall. Not even two minutes in, and Dahl is already behind. Um, round two would begin with Dahl having all the pressure on him. Bate would hit back and regain control, letting him run out the clock of the round. The break would reset the pace, though, but Dahl got some advice from Samuels. Dahl would start the round three with some kicks to leg. Bate now the knee to the jaw before Dahl hit and diving uppercut. Went for an airplane spin on Dar, did Bate, and he went around and around. Round but Bate waited too long to follow it up, spinning Dar until the round ended. I mean, that was a good 30, 45 <laughs> seconds there, wasn't it? It's I, uh, insanity. Like, I don't even know how you know guys like him, Cesaro, I don't know how they even do it without, you know, falling. You know, it's insane. But, yeah, it was definitely a sight to see. It went way longer than I expected it to. <laughs> And then, unfortunately for Dar, round four started with Bate trying for another airplane another spin. And, yeah. Yeah, Dar went round for 30 seconds again, but he managed to survive it, luckily. Uh, round five was the deadline for Dar to get back into this one without overtime. Bate started with some quick punch for going for the rebound lariat and being caught with a champagne super knee bar for the yeah. fall. Um, again, a great little submission there, great name for it. And Bate being clever because he knows he doesn't want to keep the damage or make it worse than it should be. So quite a quick tap out there. And of course, round six started with 1-1 and Dar went right for the leg with uh, actually Charles Samuels going, his leg, his leg, get his leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love the coach's elements to this match also. It reminded me of those dramatic boxing movies and you got the the guy coming in there giving them advice it was just great to hear the uh him and trent seven uh, had some great one-liners <laughs> i like it's, it's brilliant because he go there you go, yo mick which one do i i see three of them he's like hit the one in the middle bro. you know <laughs> exactly you're gonna exactly. eat, eat crap thunder and like samuel's just going he's like he's gonna get like, go son get it uh bait though we see the two, and this was a great little exchange. Bate went right for the leg, but got caught in a deadlift German suplex. Bate went for the tire driver, but Dar counted into a pinfall, but only got a two before Bate hit the rolling wheel kick. Samuels then interrupted. Um, you see the three fighting the ringside for Bate, dove over the top and took them out. Uh, Dar then sent Bate into the steel steps, the back of the ring. Bate boxed Nova Roller with a right hand, and now tire driver 97 for the win what were your thoughts on this man i really enjoyed this match man someone as someone who has not watched it regularly like i said since they've returned uh you know this is really my first heritage cup match other than the the the, the short clips of some i seen post this match so uh you know I, like i said this this was so this is some good stuff man the wrestling was great and as the rounds went by and i'm pretty sure this may be a staple of this style of match but as the round rounds went by, the intensity ramped up as it should have, and it just made me want to see more of this style of matches. You know, uh, you know, uh, two out of three falls traditionally without the uh, the British rules are, can be compelling enough because of that. You know, that final fall. Who's going to get that final fall when it's tied up? But when you add on the time limit and all that, the pressure is even you know more ramped up. And I I really love that element, man. And this just really made me, like I said, want to check out uh, more of the Heritage Cup uh, in general. Uh, you know, maybe uh, I have to check out A-Kid defending this against Bate. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to have to definitely start looking out for more of these this style of matches. But I, I give it four stars. Uh, I, I thought it was solid. 
you know, uh, it was really, really good stuff. And, I, I, man, I really love – I've always liked Noam Dar, but I, I loved him and the way how him and Tyler Bray uh, played off each other in this match. It was, it was pretty great stuff to me. Yeah, this is old school British wrestling. This is what it's – I mean, I could – I talked about having uh, the Chumper Walter match on loop. I could watch this all day, like an yeah. Iron Man match or however long it took because, like you said, they just – it's so – professional two guys just good at what they do great exactly. match well told uh this is kind of more about the pecking order on the roster you know bait is a guy going to be challenging for titles stars there who i think is going to be a guy to be not the guy to be if you know what i mean right, but he's got the supernova right. sessions so he's got the, the relationship with samuels works really really well as well um i hope bait does win because since he's lost the nxt uk title you know you know sometimes when someone's should be challenging for the championship, but he's just done that. And he's kind of not directionless as such, but just kind of moving along. And exactly. uh, I think maybe a run with a Heritage Cup now with A-Kid, I think will actually help him out. Uh, but my dad actually watched this as well. And he talks about the old wrestlers like, you know, Vic Faulkner and, and all these type of guys. And he got into it. And if he can get into it as well. So if he can get into that, then it shows you that the wrestling is actually quite good. Um, yes. Four out of five for me. Uh, Prediction-wise, of course, I went Dar. Because, I'm again, haven't got a clue <laughs> this week when it comes to predictions. I thought, fate's the obvious choice. Dar's going to get the victory. It's That's what happens when you go with your uh, heart and not your head, I suppose. Yeah. Poll-wise, bait at uh, 64%. We see a bit of Aya Dragunov. His story is fantastic. Yes. We saw a little video since he lost to Volta in the match, it was so violent, it's so psychotic. Uh, unfortunately, every time I is in a match since and gets a slap on the back, he goes, well, he goes apeshit, basically, yeah. and beats the crap out of everybody involved. Uh, Sam Gradwell goes around calling people, you, you, you're good, uh, which, again, he's a really quite a, a good character, has just got destroyed by Aya, uh, and he's looking to get the title. And again, long-term building, where they're waiting for another takeover, to have this match kind of take place, you know, Aya versus Volta, but the build up to it has been brilliant. Uh, also, Piper Living, uh, we see her as well, great superstar. Again, mm-hmm. would be NXT UK Women's Champion now if it wasn't for not having a takeover. Uh, she has been helping Jack Stars, who is a jobber. Jack Stars will be more known for the guy who took the first chop by Volta on his debut and oh. left a mark that left a red mark on his chest that I still think he's got. Um, just show, show. <laughs> what a rough gig you walk into work the first day and they ask you to get chopped by him oh my god <laughs> uh, they're, they're trying to uh, with the trailer they're trying to build him up more of a jobber now but I think that's what he's always going to get remembered for uh, our next match is Miko and Mackenzie versus Dawn and Kaylee Ray the next UK women's division you know it's quietly become one of the best in the world this match shows exactly why Last week, Emilia and Mackenzie made a return to the brand and called out Kaylee Ray, only to be attacked by Isla Dawn. Eventually, Miko Santamora made the save, and now we have an absolutely stagged tag team match. This will be Mackenzie's first match on a brand since 2018, and a chance to show how far she's come. She's not been around um, because, basically, uh, you remember the speaking out thing in the UK last year? Mm-hmm. There was a wrestler called uh, Travis Banks, who was a part of NXT UK since the beginning. And apparently he had um, been accused and kind of been proven of stuff even towards Mackenzie 
with how oh, they're trained okay. and you know being treated. Uh, so yeah. she went away for a couple of years, but now has finally come back. Obviously, the, the, you know, the story's not about that, but that's why she's mm-hmm. kind of been away for so long. Mika, I'm sure you've heard about as a you yeah, know being the best in the world. You know, right. uh, Dawn is this kind of uh, Dawn. Isla Dawn's from Glasgow. She's got this kind of weird occult gimmick that she's doing now. Um, bit weird. <laughs> Kaylee Ray is the best one because um, Kaylee Ray, when she came into NXT UK, she's a veteran. She's been around for years, obviously winning titles. Right. Uh, and we we were shocked when she beat Tony Storm for the NXT UK Championship. Right, yeah. five hundred five hundred and eighty seven days later, we are here. That's Ooh. that just shows you we were, you know, we were going. I don't know if she how she become champion, and not only that, she's done that since. And obviously, even with the six months. Uh, it's been shut down. That is a total reign, you know? Oh, yes, man. Anytime you get over the 500 mark or, you know, uh, kind of like with Volta with set over 700 days, those those are like reigns that are n- no longer even common, really, in wrestling, you know? Uh, you know, we were, we were, as a matter of fact, we were, we were bragging over EO for lasting 300, and you think about it. So just, that should put it in perspective, you know what I mean? I think we're out of Well, we get on to the match of Mackenzie. We start with Dawn and picked up where they brawl from last week left off. Dawn applied a tight headlock. Mackenzie broke free and got a big arm drag for getting, trying to get a pinfall. Satamora got a tag and Dawn backed off and tagged Kaylee Ray. Uh, Dawn took away the tag option from Mackenzie by pulling Satamora off the apron after a little bit more action, allowing Kaylee Ray to hit a running knee lariat. Back in Dawn would launch some heavy kicks for Mackenzie for a backdrop driver. Mackenzie wouldn't stop fighting low, managed a quick cut to get the corner for a tag. Kaylee Ray would take advantage of the situation though afterwards by hitting a snap gory bomb from McKenzie before the pinfall up. McKenzie took Dawn out before Satamora applied the STF on Kaylee Ray. Dawn helps it get to the ropes before Kaylee Ray hit a front suplex, setting up a double knee strike on Satamora. Outside the ring, McKenzie hit Kaylee Ray with German suplex, but inside Dawn hit Satamora with a running knee strike. McKenzie got a tag and was counting the Fisherman Buster into roll up for the win. So yeah. what were your thoughts on the NXT UK women's division? Oh man, I thought this was uh, this was a really solid match. You know, I was familiar with everyone in the match pretty much except uh, McKenzie. Uh, and I, I'm thank you for explaining a little bit. I, they were the, the commentators explained that she had been away and traveling the world. But you know, it's nice to get a little con- little bit of context there. Uh, uh, but she she really impressed me. I thought this match was more so about reestablishing her. You know, the returning McKenzie. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that she was pretty much. Uh, it was Germans for everyone, you know, uh, all of her opponents <laughs> uh, in this match, uh, you know, and uh, uh, I also was uh, impressed with Isla Dawn, you know, I had seen her uh, years ago, but, uh, you know, she's definitely a, a wrestling a completely different, you know, style of now, and, uh, you know, I can't, I'm not really sure, like you said, where, where, where the character is right now and where it's going, but, you know, I thought her and Kaylee Ray actually worked really well together for, for people who may not team together all the time. Uh, but you know, uh, I thought this match was uh, was solid. I, I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, like I said, this is uh, Mackenzie did impress in this. Uh, a good match. It was standard. Told a good story. Young girl gets the win. Of course, champ protected. Uh, I would think Niven is next in line at the next takeover or prelude. But we after the match, we see uh, Eva Valkyrie come out to the ring and challenge Miko Satamora. There's a serious test for the undefeated Valkyrie, but she's really confident. Um, the thing is, way there is no way it's Efa as a name because I had to look because her name is spelled A O I F E. Oh my goodness! How it was the, the f- most. Com- 
Oh, the most confusing thing in the world. I was reading the name. I, I, I Googled it and everything. I was like, this is how it's spelled? I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, I had to go check out more of her work and see, uh, you know, because I was unfamiliar. I was trying to figure out, watch, what is that, what's up with the feather? I was like, what is this going, what is going on? I was so confused for a second. And then, like you said, they were saying Aoife, and I was like, really? <laughs> so yeah, I, just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I did not. I was, I'm, thank you for saying that. I did not want to be, you know, looking like an idiot. But yeah, I did not. I was. I, I that those two things do not come. <laughs> my, my problem is, it's always trial and error. So like the first NXT or one of the NXT UK where she shows up, and I go, oh, here comes Aofi Valkyrie. People go, who the fuck are you talking about? It's Eva. Who the fuck is Eva? Right. Aofi, you're saying? Like, what the fuck? It's like. I agree 100%, man. And I was so confused last, uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five as well. Predictions, uh, Miko and Dawn. So I actually got one right, two for one right now. Poll wise, 100% for the faces. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise. We move on to the main event, and it's Volta versus Brown, and it's the UK title. And we talked about Kaylee Ray's reign, like I said, Volta, 734 days. Uh, a bit more about Rampage. Rampage round again. A bit like Shah Samuels, who's been around the circuit for a, mm-hmm. you know a good 20 years. Um, the world of sport, they tried to rebrand it a couple of years ago. Uh, they actually had Wade Barrett doing commentary as, and being the uh, commissioner, actually, when he was uh, Stu Grayson, <laughs> weirdly enough. And yeah. uh, Grado, Grado was challenging Rampage Brown for the uh, kind of world of sport world title. So... It just, it, you know, Rampage is a guy who, when he showed up, was quite a pleasant surprise because obviously he's a veteran, but it's nice to get his moment in the spotlight, so to speak, you know? Right. Uh, I uh, was a little bit fam- fam- more familiar with him. I've seen him on the uh, on YouTube. Uh, I think I used to watch uh, uh, what culture videos, and I do rem- I think I remember him powerbombing one of their person through like a table at one point. Uh, so I think that's my first introduction to him uh, in uh I, I did some more research into uh, uh, into seeing, you know, what more did he bring to the table. And, uh, yeah, I was impressed with what I had seen. I know he was a veteran. And uh, I was excited to see someone uh, of his stature uh, go against someone like Volta. Well, I went with my friends. Uh, I went with my mate once. He took his kids and uh, we're sitting there. And, again, this is a, in a local leisure centre, whatever it is, you know, 150 people. And he right. actually made us jump so much he came running towards like the third row we were sitting in and we absolutely shit ourselves um and like i don't know why i did but yeah i was just in the moment i suppose and it's like but like you said then you see these guys who are you know for tiny little crowds and finally getting i say they're performing against tiny crowds and they perform in front of no one now but no you know one. what i'm saying right? <laughs> i know exactly what you mean you talk about the platform not yeah. Not so much as <laughs> the actual uh, people in the building. Yeah. We used to perform against not 20, now we perform in front of six, you know, like, no, not that. But, <laughs> but well, we get on to the main event now, and then we see while Walter made his entrance, Rampage just stared him down. There could be no fear when dealing with when he knows this. Rampage was able to match his size, and Walter would quickly end up into a hammerlock before Rampage moved into the headlock and was sent off the ropes. Walter hit his first chop, but Rampage kept moving and took him down with a shoulder tackle. Uh, Rampage would manage to throw Volta with a suplex for standing and throwing chops with Volta. Volta won out low and got another two count after chopping him down with a force that's proven to bust an announce table. Uh, Rampage would be ground down with submission, but it's just fired him up, who hit a quick power slam. 
And speaking of power slams, Volta would go up top for a splash, but Rampage cut him off with some chops and took him down with an avalanche power slam. We talked about Chumper taking Volta off. This was maybe more impressive because of the sheer size of both of them. Yes, I agree 100%. Uh, I I mentioned earlier that uh, Volta was put in positions I haven't really seen him in in uh, in the Chumper match. This was, like you said, even more of it, you know, almost of that point. When you think about, like you said, how dangerous someone Rampage Brown's size can be. Right, and somehow it would take more than that to beat Volta and take that title. Rampage went for a Larrick, Volta counter with a sleeper, Rampage got about suplex. Dr. Bomb would land, but Volta rolled to the ropes and showed no pinfall attempts. Rampage pulled him to the middle of the ring, hit some clubbing bows. He looked for another Dr. Bomb, but Volta counted and hit the chop to the throat. Uh, we see Volta hit a chop to the back of the net and applied the sleeper hold before hitting the German suplex. The Powerball again just got two, but Volta went up top. Volta came crashing down onto Rampage and finally put him down. This was another classic match, Sad, to the NXT UK Championship reign of Volta, which is getting legendary and might I say has even surpassed Pete Dunne, which I never thought I would. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match and what a guy, eh, in Volta as well, you know? <laughs> he is insane, you know, it's just, I cannot believe uh, the quality of, like, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a, a match where he hasn't, you know, uh, just made me go like, wow, you know, even, you know, even pre-WWE days, uh, you know, some of the, the few times I got a chance to see him, you know, in uh, in the independent scene, uh, but, uh this is uh this is my first time uh you know and if I did it's been a long time it's my first time watching Volta like I said fight someone this close to his size you know and Brown was so explosive and he uh, you know I, I mentioned before that you know uh, he he kept putting him in the positions that like the Avalanche Power Slam you know that I've never seen Volta be in those positions but uh, he adapted and it it was a hard hitting and it was blow for blow it was a blow for blow war. And, I, you know, the, the Dr. Bomb spot with Volta having the wherewithal to roll to the ropes. You know, I just I love spots like that. You know, uh, the teasing victory for for the challenger, you know, uh, you know, and Brown wouldn't stay down at moments. But at this point, you know, I think we, we can I agree. Volta is just un, he's unbeatable. You know, I don't I don't know who would even have. A, I don't know who has a shot. You know, I think what happens after this, you know, especially after the two matches between, you know, Brown and Chomper, you know, you take both matches into account. How can you not look at him and be like, you know, who who, who the hell got a chance against that? You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I don't even know. And I, I wanted to ask you, like, who who do you even say has a shot on the roster at defeating him? Uh, you know, I know him and Dragunov had a classic uh, encounter that, that everyone, uh, you know, loved when it happened. But other than maybe him, getting another chance i'm not who who even has a chance against Volta at this point no, i gave him four and a half at, by the way well i mean at the moment like you said the problem with nxt it's not even the problem with nxt uk is Volta is so dominant that uh, it would be really difficult to see who can match up i mean we've had nathan fraser who of course used to be i think ben carter uh who's mm-hmm. just joined to kind of build him up he's not ready yet uh, I would have loved personally to see Pete Dunne always have the rematch. They never did it. But uh, I just always thought Dunne would have maybe Volta's number. But I think, oh, Dragunov, the way they're building them up, I think the next time a takeover is front of fans, I'm mm-hmm. making a prediction now. I think Dragunov will beat Volta for the NXT title. But like you said, such a dominant champion. And with this, I mean, if he does lose the title, whether he does and lose up to NXT, there is no doubt that he is going to be 
a dominant NXT champion as well. You know, <laughs> like oh yes, yes, oh yeah. I don't, I don't. It's all. I think that's the only way he can be. Like not only just after this run, it's just I, I've never seen a match where he hasn't come off as dominant. He's just a dominant force in general, uh, as, as we're. And I love the, the ring general name because it, he dictates. No matter who he's fighting, he dictates what's going on in that ring. And I, I love the fact that that's his, uh, you know, that's the the nickname that he's that he has and he rolls with because it fits perfectly. Without doubt, he talks about the sports being the uh, the like I said, the ring general and the mat is sacred. But I had Jr's voice in my head saying it ain't pretty, but it's effective and slobber knocker. But this like I said, turned into a great big man matchup, move for move. And I believed after the power slam off top rampage, we had my uh, we had our attacker moment. I thought rampage might do it. Um, what a match, though. They laid it in. What a champion. Defending twice in two nights. Uh, who's next? Like we talk about Aya at TakeOver. Uh, you go at four and a half. I'm going to give that a four and uh, a quarter. I'm going to give it four and a quarter just because it was it was great, great stuff. Uh, but, you know, with the crowd not there, I think we just added more. Uh, Prediction-wise, I went Volta. So, final scores, uh, two out of three. Ain't bad, as uh, Meatloaf said, I suppose. Uh, Poll-wise, <laughs> 67%. Volta commentators Nigel McGuinness is brilliant it's a bit of a shame Wade Barrett is doing so well in NXT because Nigel really hasn't got a spot but I don't really mind that because at least when I watch the show I know he's he's going to commentary Andy Shepard the other one for me personally just shouts too much at certain moments yeah. and I think if he works on that I think it might be good but I think it's a really good show overall what would you rate that out of 10 as just watching this now well, I gave it a, a eight and a half, maybe or like an eight out of ten. I thought it was really, really good, and I think overall, for me personally, it made me not only want to check out next week, but the week after that, and the week after that, it made me want to continue to reestablish my connection with watching NXT UK, and uh, I think that's that should be the goal, especially for people in my position who have not been watching it a lot or who've never really got a chance to really get into it completely. Uh, I think being able to sway me and make me want to see more heritage cup more volta like you said what like maybe even not only that with the two title reigns with a uh, volta and kaylee ray who can dethrone both of these great champions like that was the type of thing that that really that i really love about pro wrestling and the fact that nxt uk you know contains those elements i think this is a, a great show and it made me want to check out more nxt uk in the future yeah, I think we're at uh, eight and a half. This is just the tip of NXT UK. But we move on now to uh, NXT TakeOver Standard Liver Night 2. Still April 8th. It's been quite a long day. Uh, we're on to the kickoff. <laughs> Sam Roberts and Jimmy Smith, the smiling Muppets, are back. They run through the card. We see Regal greet um, Cole and O'Reilly with security. It's unsanctioned, damn it. And we're going to have them separated at all, cross, at all <laughs> costs. Talking about uh, Balor and Cross, we see a promo. I love seeing Cross's training. We mentioned, I mentioned it earlier when it just brings a more realistic element to it when you see them, how hard they're putting into it. Uh, Joe sat down with Cross and Scarlett. He says Balor is the best NXT champion ever, but he will smash him. He didn't come here to get lost in the shuffle. Short, sharp and effective from him. And Balor sat down with Joe. So much history between Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Right. He sat down. It's just unbelievable. Um, Joe, of course, has uh, beaten Balor before, uh, for the, uh, and it, of course their feud for the NXT title and the blemish on the record, as Balor calls it, uh, called it a takeover. 
Um, they talk injuries, and Balor says they've underestimated him. How many times just to prove it? He's no underdog. This was good shit from Finn. Everything he does at this moment, I remember saying, oh, I weren't sure about Finn. This reign has cemented him as one of the best at this moment in time, hasn't it? I completely agree. His character work at the time. I remember at the beginning of this entire run, we all uh, I, I remember either coming on here speaking about it, saying that, you know, uh, I couldn't wait for, you know, him to, you know, continue this reign and maybe become a demon and, uh, you know, maybe take on Cross. And I was just like, he doesn't even need that anymore. Like this, this Prince character is almost, you know, if not more entertaining, but it's definitely, uh, you know, more you know, intriguing to me. I love the, the, the not not just the arrogance, but the, the cold-hearted confidence that he has. It's just, it, it fits perfectly. I love the Prince character. And I think coming back to NXT is one of the best decisions he he has made. And I think this reign was proof of it. Yeah, I think without shadow of a doubt. Well, we get the angry man back on Zoom. Uh, it's a rash, really. We're having a joke at the angry man. Uh, we get a nice tale of the tape between the two. Five foot eleven, 190 pounds is Balor. Six four, 265 pounds uh, cross. And I will say this in the tale of tape. You know, you talk about, you know, being the big man's world with WWE. Carrying cross at six foot two, six five just seems massive. But that is a standard size wrestler, what it used to be. It seems now five foot eleven, under 200 pounds, Champa, Gagano, Balor. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of build in NXT now, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the type of build, uh, you know, in a majority of, of, of most promotions also at, at the time you just think about everyone who's at the top of promotions you know uh, i can go to AEW with kenny omega who spent time as a super junior we just talked about will osprey earlier who was a super junior and the, the champion before him kota abushi was also a junior uh, heavyweight in the past uh so uh you know like you said that's almost the ideal look and build of all of just just think of the best wrestlers in the world aj styles you know adam cole all of these guys are, are included in that, you know, you know, there are great bigger guys in the, in the industry still, but uh, it's definitely way fewer and far, way more, um, you know, great, smaller, or like, you know, more average, you know, height size guys, you know? Yeah. I think about it. Uh, then we move on to Shotzi Moon interview backstage. It's their way to steal the show. Shotzi <laughs> is just crazy. Uh, Millie, uh, Mickey James joins the commentary. She says the goal is the gold. I quite like that. They show highlights of Reed being last night. We then get Santos promo. Angry Zoom man is back. Super hyped about the cruiserweight title. Devlin had to hand over the title to Regal. Same for Santos. And then on to the kickoff match. Vic Joseph, Mickey James, the commentary. Uh, we see Freeze <laughs> Ango versus Drake Maverick and uh, Kitty and Dane. Um, I mean, they were dressed as pirates, was Breezango. I mean, are you a fan of semen at all? Or is it... <laughs> <laughs> Am I a I fan of semen? Just as pirates. I wondered if, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. That's a good we'll one. That's on. a really good one. I have no reply. <laughs> We get another one contendership match next. It's Freezango versus Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Drake Maverick was carried through the early portion of this match, often literally by Killian Dane. However, he got a chance to show off his resilience against the coordinated tag team work of Fandango and Tyler Breeze. This allowed the Beast of Belfast to stay fresh for an impactful late attack on the former tag team champions. Freezango had no answer for Dane, who eventually planted Maverick on Fandango with a powerbomb to earn the victory. What are your thoughts on this? 
Uh, I thought it was uh, good stuff. You know, another uh, kind of one of those things that you probably could see on a weekly episode of NXT, but uh, I thought it definitely, especially with the stakes involved. I, at first, I, I wasn't even familiar that not only was this match taking place, but I, I forgot. I didn't even know that the, the contendership was on the line, you know, until I, you know, I think, uh, you know, someone mentioned it or something. But honestly, uh, when you add the stakes on to the match, then that makes it very, t- uh, you know, takeover worthy, even if it is on the pre-show. Uh, you know, I, I thought the match was solid enough. And honestly, I may have picked Dane and Maverick, but, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that they won. <laughs> you son of a gun. Um, I was to say, Drake shouting, I'll kill ya, is so funny. <laughs> it's a different way. That's fun stuff. they got a life to this team, and the Ventures theme is great as well. But Breeze Ango, um, should they be happy with this spot? where they are or you know because like i said they are two talented guys uh they've been the nxt tag team champions but right now should they just be happy that they're employed <laughs> you know that's sad i i hate that i hate that they may be where they are because i don't think they deserve it. i think like you said both guys are great at what they do they their work is the problem is when you have their gimmick uh which is still shrouded in a lot of comedy and a lot of entertainment it's hard to place them or take them even seriously. Now, I know Dane and Maverick is another team that is like that. Also, it's kind of funny when you think about it. But, you know, the problem is with Brizongo, they've been doing this for so long in this same little spot. I can I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a little frustrated because they've kind of been, you know, even though they are former NXT Tag Team Champions and you can't take that away from them, they have never really been those the guys to where you're like oh man you know brizongo is coming just think about that have you ever heard yeah. anyone felt threatened by a brizongo <laughs> you know that's one of those things Shh. you know <laughs> exactly shit brizongo here <laughs> <laughs> no one no one is threatened by them so you know uh with that pro- thought process or with that being a, a part of it then yes i think they definitely can be a little bit frustrated because now it's like Will you always be that team, you know, the, the the funny team that can give a great match, but not the team? Yeah, that's that's true. I'm gonna give that three and a quarter out of five. What are you gonna score out of five? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's exactly the same thing I wrote down. Three and a half. Uh, so we uh, prediction wise, uh, during our course went breeze Dango. I went the sensible <laughs> option. I thought no, I went Dane and Maverick in the in the Dusty Classic, and I was going with my heart. So let's go with my head. <laughs> and I fucking lost again. Uh, Monty, of course, picked Dane and Drake. So he's 1-0 Monty. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Poll-wise, um, we, we see that uh, Bree Zanger were the favourites on 56% there. We then get highlights of night one. Smirking Regal says everyone smashed it. He's making sure Cole and Cole don't touch. Regal has not fined Adam Cole for hitting him. We then see a promo for the match. It's an angry Zoom guy again. And then Joe sits down with O'Reilly. Carl said it's been a crazy year and he wants to sell his soul. Uh, Cole did actually set him free. He fights with honour and respect, but not tonight. And then Cole sits down. It's personal. He's not reckless. He's going to end things, but who knows what the future holds. But it wasn't for Cole. He wouldn't be there. And this will be the main event for night two. Are you surprised that this is going to main event and not the NXT title? At first, I was definitely surprised, you know, uh, I thought, you know, the title match had a, definitely a good enough build for that spot. But honestly, the personal, you know, like kind of like blood feud style, uh, you know, of, you know, that that element to Kyle O'Reilly's and, and Adam Cole's feud, definitely I can understand why I wanted to go late at last. And I think 
most unsanctioned matches uh, when they're like that are done that way. So I can understand why, you know, this, this, you know, both matches may have deserved this spot if you give, if you think about the story that they're telling. So I can, I'm not, I wasn't complaining that, uh, honestly, but yeah, I was definitely surprised. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a little bit of a surprise, but not a bad kickoff. And uh, we move on to the main show, and Poppy starts us off. We get rendition of Stand Deliver by Adam of the Ants, and that's pretty cool. And we watch highlights of last night play as well. And then some heavy shit. We get, we get all that. We get, I always remember uh, Ali B's entrance. Um, I've got, got to tell you, because when he used to come out, he used to be like, oh, I did the and that's basically what we're doing here. <laughs> Takes me back to WrestleMania 18 with saliva, eh? May not be Ebony's cup of tea, but it's cool. And then we get the guy that goes, and now. Um, so before we start the action, what match were you most looking forward to? And what's your excitement level for night two after night one exceeded expectations? It, I, I think you just said it right there. You know, after night one exceeded those expectations, you know, I, not only was I just salivating in general for the entire card, because, you know, you have Gargano on a takeover. I mean, come on. He uh, he's rarely ever wrong. And, you know, you have, uh, you know, Shotzi, you know, who's always, you know, doing something where I'm like, what are you thinking? You know, Balor and Cross. And like we mentioned, the personal stuff with Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, this mat, this card was just strong in through, through its entirety. I think I was mostly excited, though, for Cross and Balor. They told such a beautiful story heading into this match. And, uh I was very, I was definitely anticipating, uh, you know, who would win, who would, uh, you know, become new NXT champion. Yeah, I think that match, and for me, the Cruiserweight title ladder match as well, was one that I was really excited for because I thought these two men could really deliver. And luckily for me, that did start off the mm-hmm. show. Uh, Santos Escobar making his way to the ring. We said we want the competition, uh, and we've got it for Santos here. Devlin is great, but is he too close to the Balor character? Because isn't it kind of the same thing, or am I just being you know, a bit to the two Irish guys there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I they definitely have a lot of similarities, man. I, I will not lie there, you know. They uh, you know, Devlin reminds me a lot of them and you know, his character can be that way, especially with the Irish ace. They're different maybe enough, but I definitely can see the similarities and I can understand why you believe that. Uh Devlin also has way more of a and I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but he has such a such a prickish look to me. That's it's a different. Like Finn, Finn can be a prick. He's great at it, but like Devlin looks way more like one. And I think he, if he, if he can lean into that role, I think he can be real, such a really good, really good at being a heel. So I think that's one thing. I think Finn Balor, you know, reminds me much more. He can be such much more. He can do great job as a heel, but he can definitely work that babyface style also. So. I think that's really where they differ, but I I, I know they, they have a ton of similarities. Well, it's that because uh, the show that one of the last shows we went to before the COVID shuts all down was a show with Joe Ryan on it, and obviously mentioned that before, and that didn't work out well. Uh, but Jordan yeah. Devlin was there. Jordan Devlin was there as well. And to be fair, watching him quite close up and his interactions with people, and and I, I don't I don't want to call him a prick, but it just seemed like he was taking himself ever so seriously. Right. And sometimes it's like I suppose he's young he wants to get himself in a position I would maybe expect a little bit more friendly you know but again 
that's that's just personal feeling. I mean, you know, like I said, it's not going to affect him, but I just I just feel you know maybe. But um, we anyway we get Vic, uh, Wade, and Beth on commentary, and we're going to start this match off. We get a lovely exchange before the ladder gets involved. Uh, Jordan Devon was the first to introduce the ladder to the match, and the first to get whipped into one, sent clear to the floor from the ring. Domination of the former. Uh, of the current cruiserweight champion as well continues to Devlin sent his opponent face first into the prop ladder. Now the problem is with the size of Devlin's head, it is devastating impact into the ladder. <laughs> you've, you've got to be careful, Mr. Bobblehead. Um, we then see a DDT off the ladder, Devlin onto Santos, which was really really impressive. And the Tope Suicida onto the ladder, Santos to the outside to Devlin backed up on it. Those were two good spots, weren't they? You know. Beautiful spots. I, I wrote those both, uh, especially the suicide dive with the ladder. Man, that, that was breathtaking. Man, it came to. It, it, I wrote that down. It's just a spot that I would never want to take. But it, it, man, the way it looks, it's just it's a beauty. Uh, down the two continue to back and forth with malice and intent ready to not just win but hurt one another in the process. After a standing Spanish fly and a springboard spinning cutter, they're ready to climb to the titles. Instead, the Irish eight hits a moonsault off the very top large ladder. The moonsault off the top was perfect, wasn't it? You know, perfect, gorgeous, gorgeous moonsault, man. Yeah, and you know, and you know when you have when you uh, when they're that close to you and you're on top of a ladder, you have little room for error, and he did not even come close to making an error. It was perfect. Yeah, and the Wiley Coyote cam as well, you know, from the top looking down was just spectacular as well. And this seemed to seal the win, but then Raul Mendoza and Joking Wild came down to attack Devlin. And I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, why have to do this? Um, Santos, his overconfidence though nearly cost him because after their job was done, they sent him to the back. But the Irish Ace recovered in time to catch his opponent with a Spanish fly off the ladder first we have ladder to the face and then the spanish fly off it and devlin again um tremendous there with a bumpy took the two stopped each other at the top of the ladder and as soon as devlin climbed up with a ladder behind him i thought yeah this is it you exactly. know we, we we've seen this film before we know it ends escobar with a headbutt uh sending devlin through another ladder to take both championships what were your thoughts on this matchup Man, I love ladder matches in general, man. I just some of my favorite matches in like just wrestling history are uh, ladder matches, and this was just no different. The creativity of the spots, you know, the, like I said earlier, the, the suicide dive and the moonsault were both breathtaking, and you know, and the use of the ladder was very, very uh, creative. Like I said, I have a, a couple of nitpicking points, uh, but uh, I, I will make them uh, after this. Just, I love the storytelling too. I want to uh, keep seeing what I what I love before I get to my uh, nitpicking. Uh, the storytelling in this match, no matter what Santos did, Devlin kept getting up. You know, I, I I couldn't believe it. Like you said, when Legato came down and they jumped him, you know, it, it seemed like not too long. By the time Santos was in the ring and climbing the ladder, you know, Devlin was back up. It was it was insane yeah. to me how fast and like how many times he just kept getting up. Uh, what a bump at the end! It was very dramatic. Even though, like you said. Once I saw the ladder behind him, I we both can predict what was going to happen, and it and it did. I wanted to give this match five stars, and but you know the interference definitely, like you said, left a sour taste in my mouth. Even though he did, it wasn't like the bad kind of interference where they help him win. He did let them like go away, but I, I kind of wish that he, they didn't do it at all, at all because it would have made this victory mean 
even more for Santos. Uh, but uh, and I also a little bit, you know, maybe I'm nitpicking, but I only counted like two or three times where they just were going after the belt. And uh, so they didn't. I, that's one of my favorite elements of a ladder match is the scramble of, tra- of people continuously trying to attempt to take the title because that is your goal. Even though I understand you need to damage the other guy before that, but most of I still like when people are continuously attempting to finish this because why would you want to stay in a match like a ladder match any longer than you have to if you really think about it? Uh, but anyway, uh, I thought this match was awesome, just not perfect. I gave it four and a half stars. Well, four and a half. I mean, this was good, but maybe it's my fault because I was expecting great in this one. And uh, again, I've got a few things to work out. First off, why didn't they have the ladders out? It's a ladder match. You know you're going to use ladders. Yes. Why go under the ring and get... So maybe you could say, oh, well, because the suicide dive then wouldn't have worked. But just have it set up in that direction. They're NXT extras. They're not paying to see the shows. I fuck them. You know, right. and I, I think that would that would make more sense. Um, First chink for me in the Santos armor, he seemed a bit blown up and took ages kind of waiting for spots at certain times. Yeah. I feel like... Um, this was kind of Devlin's re-coming out party. Even with the bumps, it was Devlin who took the risk, and it was Santos oh, yes. who was kind of going on. I think Devlin was working at a different level, you know, but I think the bumps, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter because it deserved that score for what they took in this match, even though they didn't kind of mesh as well as we hoped for, you know? Would that be fair? I agree 100%. It, it, it could have been so much uh, better, but I, I agree. Devlin left this match, even though he lost, I don't see how you not look at that match and not look at Devlin uh, a little bit differently and take him away. You know, he he looked like a, a star. Like like I said, he kept getting up. He showed tremendous heart. And, you know, he like you said, he took the brunt of a lot of uh, of the, the crazy spots that we got a chance to see. So, uh, yeah, uh, I but I, I must say after Escobar, after I call Escobar uh, overrated, he has done everything he can <laughs> to show me that he has value. So I have I, I have to once again take that back because <laughs> I don't think he's overrated. <laughs> but I agree, him and Devlin seem to be at two different levels, and I I think yeah. it showed in uh, as longer the match went on, went along. Uh, but you don't bet against the ace, and uh, neither did we. We both went Devlin, so he's one nil still. Uh, with Monty in the lead poll-wise. Santos got 56%. Then we see MSK interview backstage. They're happy to be champs, and they welcome the challengers. And then they both give different predictions for the co-main events, which, again, is quite funny because it shows that they're not taking sides. Uh, and then we move on to the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Shotzi Blackheart and Evermoon versus The Way. And the Ray and Indy Hartwell struck right at the bell, getting Blackheart alone. When Evermoon got the hot tag, she ran over the way until the Poison Pixie tripped her on the top rope. And then we see the Tower of Doom position, and it was the uh, the power bomb and the suplex, and that looked really, really good to start the match off, didn't it? Really, I, I love those ladder spots in the multi, you know, women and multi men matches. The, the, those, uh, the, you know, just like you said, the human ladders, the human tower. I love when those spots happen, and this one looked uh, just as good as any of them I've ever seen. I mean, uh, that the way targeted Moon, but Blackheart had to save the War Goddess at the crucial moment, diving into both members of the way. And then um, top rope, uh, a tope suicida by Shotzi looked like it killed her. How many <laughs> chances does she take when she just went through the way? You know, you go, oh, fuck, she's done now. Io Shirai being cool is a tradition. Io Shirai diving off something is a tradition. In, uh, you know, Shotzi Blackheart doing something where I'm like, 
holy shit or like what the, like, are you okay like just immediately like okay real please check on her you know what i'm saying like that that is a tradition also for takeover i don't understand it she may be just the toughest she's tough as hell that's all i can say i don't I, tough as hell you know take that she, she takes bumps and just keeps on going no and usually no sales in, in, in when it comes to this suicide die spot <laughs> it's just it's just crazy what she does uh she just looks like she folds herself up and you go my god but uh we see moon off the top of the outside taken out of the way however the ray refused to lose kicking out of an impressive tag team maneuver from the champions hartwell and the ray hit the way for a near fall uh that moon needs to break up but the war goddess connected on a double eclipse and then Black Heart uh, planted Hartwell with a diver sent on to win. I love the Eclipse and a double one that makes me doubly excited. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, from the beginning of the match, like you said, with the isolation tactics, I, I love uh, you know smart tag team wrestling and isolation is always one of those things that will forever just be a smart thing to do in those situations. Uh, you know, I, I really thought Indy Hartwell man, impressed me. I think I mentioned this in a, a couple of their matches in the cup uh, when they fought that she impressed me, but uh, she hung with the rest of these ladies uh, w- uh, really well. She did not look like the green one out. Uh, but I saw uh, Candice LeRae have a nice personal post for her uh, celebrating her first, uh, you know, uh, takeover. And she talked about just how, how, she, you know, Indy has reinvigorated her love for wrestling. And that's just, that's a great thing to have said when you think about, just like I said earlier, the quality of wrestler that Candice LeRae is. And I think, obviously, being around LeRae has rubbed off or had a big impact on uh, on, I mean, on Indy's work. And uh, like I said, Shotzi continuing that tradition of killing herself for our entertainment. You know, I mean, how can you not just uh, love her? All four girls are great. Like you said, the Eclipse, one of the greatest finishers of all time, you know, you know, the stunner was already great, but then you add the aerial aspect of it. I mean, how can you argue with that, you know, uh, outcome? I gave it four and a quarter. You know, I thought maybe this match maybe could even win a little bit longer than it did. But, uh, you know, it, it still did its job. And I, I think the, the right team won with the champions retaining. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I think the match could have gone longer. This was enjoyable. Felt more of an episode of NXT rather than a kind of takeover. I don't know, it's kind of the way, maybe not being a threat. We talked about Candice LeRae's kind of win-loss streak uh, as well, you know, kind of maybe not being the best and having a little bit more. And, of course, we should mention Ember with the suck it as well in tribute to Road Dog, <laughs> who uh, is recovering from a heart attack. I thought that was a lovely touch as well, you know? Right, it was beautiful. I, I love that moment also. Uh, I'm going to give that three and three quarters out of five. Uh, it was it was a good Like I said, it's a takeover, so I expect a little bit more. Prediction-wise... Both went Shotzi and Moon, so the four, first point for the WNR, yes. Uh, 2-1 <laughs> to Monty Lowe. Pole-wise, Shotzi and Moon got 55%. We see Balor get ready backstage and cross-training in sepia, I suppose. Uh, they recap Reed winning the Eliminator. And then we see Steph with Gable Stevenson, of course, uh, NCAA, Olympic gold medalist, just everything. And Steph's got this kind of weird that she oh. does where she's just kind of like snarling going yeah <laughs> some <laughs> like, of the most you know. emphatic clapping i've ever seen in my life also <laughs> she it's was the crazy. happiest i couldn't i was like what is she so happy about <laughs> um we see of course with gabe gable stevenson and steph we see the head of talent relations the unfortunate named canyon seaman um i just want to ask are you a fan of seaman <laughs> <laughs> 
Here we go again. <laughs> well, you know, I did like, you know, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, was, was cool growing up. Oh, we're not talking about that? <laughs> I think... You know, to be called head of talent relations, Canyon Seaman, and he's going, I'm going to go and change my name. And he goes, all oh, right. And he changes his name. What do you, what do you change it through? He goes, Trevor Seaman. <laughs> it's like, no, you've changed, <laughs> you've changed the wrong name there anyway. Doesn't matter. We'll move on from that. Uh, NXT North American Championship, Johnny Gargano versus Bronson Reed. Can Johnny take over, mate? This into a takeover event. Uh, Johnny has turned into one of my favourite hills. I mean, he's just brilliant, isn't he? We see the way coming out. He's dressed as... Uh, he's the way's Iron Man. He comes out dressed as Iron Man. He's just brilliant. He's all the boxers at this moment in time. I agree 100%. And what I like the most about him is that he... Like I said, he makes me laugh. He's, he's uh, great, but he's still so obnoxious to where... He, you know, it still works as him being the foil in the babyface's plan. You know, he's a great person to have as, as the champion of the North America of that North American division that we said. You know, we just mentioned how deep it is. He's a great person to have at the top. That person that you have to find, you have to overcome him at a takeover. And I think that's the greatest. That's the greatest thing about this current run. You know, at the end of the day, you can do all of the. You can get you can you can get an upper hand on them. You can you may you may win a certain promo. You may even like we mentioned like we saw with Kushida. You may get the, you may even tear his arm up and make him want to avoid you at all costs. But at the end of the day, you have to overcome him at Takeover, and I love that element that he brings to every Takeover match he's in. Yeah, I think without a doubt, this is a talk about Bronson Reed. Is his biggest moment so far, but Johnny really into his introduction, and then looks up and sees Reed on his shoulder making him jump <laughs> again. It's, it's the little things like that. Yeah. Um, Bronson Reed looked unstoppable early. Every time Johnny Gargano hit him, the big man turned it around to a huge smash or slam. However, Gargano found a weakness, attacking the ribs of the challenger. I mean, Reed's agility would like the cartwheel in this. Um, NXT fans at ringside got on my nerves because they kept chanting one more time over both events, over everything. Now, that chant can be used, but if you're like kind of want to be impactful or chop, then stop chanting one more time. Just, just stop chanting. It's almost like you've got a list of like five things you say, and that's one of them, you know? <laughs> I agree 100%. And when we get to like the main event, yeah, I would definitely have to you know how I felt about some of those fans <laughs> because one guy in particular definitely ticked me off. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I understand completely. I I didn't mind it the uh, night one when he did the 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 uh, the Rikishi slash Yokozuna you know squat. Yeah. Even though honestly, I feel bad for the person who has to take that. <laughs> I bet. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, I think it was Swerve who took it. I know he was. You know, cussing out the fans after that. Like, why would you want me to do that again? <laughs> well, this is the thing, you know. Uh, but Reed, the ribs were a problem for Reed last night. We talk about Swerve hitting the 450, and he was selling that, and they became a problem tonight as well. But Colosso kept hitting Johnny Wrestling hard throughout this match. Great suplex with Johnny trying to fight him out of it. Well, you know, you've seen the power when he holds him up in the air, and Johnny's with his little legs trying to get him out, but uh, <laughs> being kept hit up, hitting with an emphatic jagged edge, but he could not get the pin. The champion took advantage by locking down Reed in the corner and hitting a backstabber, and then after a poison rana, which again was impressive in itself, Gagano trapped Reed in the Gagano escape, but Reed fought to the ropes and rolled outside. 
was a great sequence. We then see Razor's edge from the stage back into the ring by Reed on Gagano. I mean, that was a kind of holy shit moment there in itself. Reed missed the tsunami and fell into position for a super kick. That was a great near fall, you know? Yes, I loved it. You know, uh, like you said, and I love the fact that, like, the, the psychology of it with attacking the rib, knowing that the, your opponent's finisher incorporates the ribs. Just so smart. So smart. It's great. And then we knew Austin Fury had to eat uh, for some t- <laughs> at some point. He did it for a second time to avoid the second tsunami attempt. But across the land, the power bomb all the same. Uh, we see a little bit botch off the top as well with the Hurricane Runner attempt, switching into the power bomb. But again, um, what can you do? In these moments, they recovered well from it. Fury saved the pinfall, which set off Reed. He threw Garner into Fury, then hit a suicide dive on the outside man. A reverse pole driver needs to the win for Reed, but he's drove to pin the champ. Plus, I went for a moonsault. Uh, incredibly, uh, to dodge. He then hit a pair of one final beats to get the win. A great finish. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Man, I, my my overall you know thought process after that match was, Gargano is just a genius in the ring. When it comes to telling a great story, I don't know if anyone is better. You know, tar- like I said, targeting the ribs and then using his speed to avoid uh, Reed attacks early early in the match, even though Reed you know, overwhelmed him with strength as expected him being so much bigger than Gargano. Uh, but he, he was uh, affected by the rib damage. And I love how he sold it. You know, he moves slower. He, he seemed to be, uh, you know, Almost, I don't know if he really was blew up, but he definitely sold it like he was, which worked well when you're thinking about rib damage and uh, you know just slowing him down. You know was uh, was great, and uh, I, I, I he was also but continuing to dish out like you said powerful moves. You know and Gar- you know Reed looking resilient at the end, even though Gargano, you know like I said, was just too much, and he was just. He was able to avoid all of the dives. And I, I like I said, I love the psychological aspect of it. And, you know, there is no way that Gargano can have a bad takeover match. And this is just another one of those uh, times where I think he uh, had another good one. I think I gave it four and a half stars. It wasn't I didn't I didn't think it was Kushida and Gargano good, but it, it was definitely another great takeover match, another great performance by uh, the champion. Yeah, and I know there's a couple of botches in it, but you know, like I said, when they're working the way they are, uh, Johnny can work with any size, uh, heel or face. That's like, like talk about a great performer that he is. That's what he can do. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, and what is it with takeover that Johnny is the greatest? I mean, what is it? Why is he turned up level? Because there's no doubt he's a great performer, but it just seems there's an. Let me talk about Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. Gargano at Takeover is just level, isn't it? I don't think there's any. Is there another wrestler with another event bar and Shawn Michaels that even comes close to this one? This is the closest we've come, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think this is exactly the closest we've come. I mean, if you want to say, uh, you know, like you know, like you said, mention Mr. WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels. Undertaker was also synonymous with WrestleMania for different reasons and all of that for the record. So, you know, maybe him. But other than that, no, uh, no one has, is more synonymous with a, a single event uh, than Gargano. And like I said, it doesn't all it almost to the point now he's, he's got such a great reputation at it. that It doesn't matter what the story is leading into it. It doesn't matter if it's a title match. If Gargano is on the card, any multi-man match, it doesn't matter if he's there and it's, it's a takeover. Then I want to see it because I'm sure something special is going to happen. I, I think he's earned that not only the not only that with his match out, but he's earned the reputation of that. I think NXT themselves literally are like, you know what? 
at the end of the day, we have to guarantee that Johnny has a spot because, you know, we know that he's going to deliver and he he's, hasn't failed yet. No, I think without a doubt, you know, and this is the thing. I mean, I gave this four out of five and this is Johnny. Uh, it's not a fact of carrying Reed because Reed did his bit as well. And speaking of him, can he go on maybe a Keith Lee run now? Kind of get the fans behind him. We know he's got the kind of power moves. He's impressive as it is. Can he go on there, maybe eventually get North America title or even the NXT title for him? You know, or is it a case of he's there and he's just going to continue what he's doing? You know what? He's one of those guys that at the end of the day, you know, you have to think that, you know, I'm not saying he will beat Cross, especially the way Cross looks now. Uh, Carrion Cross looks absolutely unstoppable. But down the line, we can I can definitely see a, 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 if they build up Reed the right way, he's definitely a threat because, I mean, what can you do when a guy that size is athletic as he is? And like I said, I, I've always enjoyed a lot of his uh, his his work. So. I think he's definitely a guy that you can see down the line if, uh, you know, like I said, if some of the right decisions are made, he can be a, a, a definitely an NXT champion. Uh, I, again, at moments, I thought he had a chance to win this, but at the same time, I knew that it was going to take more than just, like you said, he was going to have to land those moves. So it's going to take more than just, uh, you know, big moves to beat Johnny Gargano. And, you know, that's what I like the most about this match. But, yeah, I think Reed, ha- Reed has a really – uh, bright future if you know uh, they continue to build with him uh, we'll have to see down the line how much they believe in him but I, I also yeah, would that. love to see him get more character work also because like I said his matches are great but you know who he is and what he wants has not always been clearly defined so that's another thing he can work on yeah that's an excellent point and prediction wise we both went Johnny so it's free to for Monty, poll-wise, Johnny got 58%. We see Cole and O'Reilly get ready for the main event. We get night one highlights. Of course, the NXT UK title with Volta versus the announce table. Uh, sorry, Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> uh, and then the NXT Championship match, Finn Balor versus Karen Cross. It has been a great build-up to this match. We see Birch done and only looking on from ringside. We get the big fight music, you know, the dun 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 <laughs> which is great. Uh, yeah. Cross and black and white. Champ is full of confidence at his 16th takeover. We get a big fight field, great entrances. On the screen, we show Balor's NXT history. Of course, he is 14-1 and one at takeover, crosses 12-0 and in singles. It's great stuff. Balor with a red X on his chest, crossed with a gladiator garb. Before the bell rang, I was probably more excited for this match than I had been for an NXT title match in a very long time. Would that be fair to say? I agree 100%. They did a great job of uh, building up um, not only... Uh, continuing the, uh, the build of Finn Balor and maintaining him at that level that he has been since becoming champion, and, uh, you know, with the great matches with Adam Cole and, of course, Kyle O'Reilly, but also since Cross has come back, the stuff with Santos. All of this was a slow build to get him to this point. I was ready. I couldn't wait. I loved the gear. I loved the gladiator gear. I love the X on the chest. I think uh, uh, he was meant to be that he's the target. And man, was I couldn't wait for this to jump to jump off, man. It, it, it was great. I, I was definitely anticipating this. I think without a doubt, we get onto the action and Finn Balor go to Cameron Cross into losing his focus, and it worked. Held to the Doomsday charged at the Prince around shoulder first into the stool post. Cross recovered, but he was not ready to get dragged into the mat with an armbar. Prince went after left arm and liver the big man wearing it down with impactful strikes. Finn's work was great here, and the liver kick a liver kick was a great throwback as well. 
for what happened in the match. Um, we see Crossland get his second win, planting Balor with a bridging suplex into a powerbomb for a near fall. And Wade was great here, saying that at the time Cross checked his ribs, cost him the free count as well. Again, it's just little things that make the match uh, a little bit more famous. Uh, uh, a little bit more better, sorry. Talk about the abdominal stretch then applied, made famous by Wilbur Schneider back in the 30s. Not many people knew that. Oh, um, no way. We then, <laughs> we, then, we then get Ballard's sling blade, setting him up for a running drop kick. He said he ran into a running clothesline, followed by the doomsday suplex. And then he prepared for his finish, only to take a Pele kick that set up the coup de grace. Ballard's timing there was on point with that Perfect. Pele kick as the cross came running in. Um, cross turned the pinfall into a cross jacket. Uh, the Prince escapes and traps challenger into the rings of Saturn. Again, great exchanges on the mat there. Scarlet encouraged Cross to reach deep to escape, uh, and he heard her. He battered the champion with forearms, and the Doomsday set up the rolling elbow to the back of the net, and then the second one, and the one, two, three, and your new NXT champion it is Karrion Cross. TikTok, TikTok, time is now. What were your thoughts on this matchup? Man, I I just man, I enjoyed this match so much. The early mind games uh, was just uh, the, the nice added element to the story. Uh, you know that Finn hinted at in his promo. You know he he was purposely making Cross lose control, and he was laughing in his face at one point. You know just to piss him off. You know hoping he was making a mistake. Then once he did make a mistake, pounced on the shoulder, which is also smart because. It was, uh, you know, that element of his of Cross's injury history, you know what I mean? Even though I don't think it was the exact shoulder he hurt in the past, it was still smart to, uh, to you know, start damaging a limb. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it was just the most damage I've seen Cross taking in his NXT career. You know, every time, you know, he started to get going, Finn had an answer for it. It was just, it was cool, you know. And uh, Cross came out of this match looking like one of the most relentless and unstoppable people in NXT, you know, thanks to that storytelling because he overcame, he overcame the A game of an unbeatable champion. And also, uh, you know, he um, over, overcame the mind games. Also, it was, it was well-deserved. Like, like they said, Finn Balor probably couldn't hope to match him physically. So he went after him mentally and he still lost. So that just makes cross look like, like makes him look, it adds an unbeatable element to it, you know, and the match story was so good, and uh, it almost was like so. It was so perfect that when Finn's promo, when he did his f- promo a few weeks ago uh, about what he would do to Cross, that the match fit in with what that with what Finn said in that promo perfectly to the point where I think they almost had this match planned back then. That's how great it fit within the story. I gave this match five stars. I was into it. The story was great, and both competitors looked. Great. And uh, if this is Finn Balor's uh, last match or, you know, uh, one of his last matches in NXT, what a way to go. I hope not, because I think he has more that he can even bring to the table to NXT. But I, I was in love with this. Well, uh, I mean, like I said, to deliver the second loss to Balor at a takeover is a huge moment for Cameron Cross. There's no doubt about it. We consider he's beating Keith Lee and Finn Balor now for told. That is kind of, you know. Hall of Fame for NXT, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, there was one quite funny moment. I say funny. Early going, and uh, I did completely forgot about the uh, cross on Balor's chest because they went for, um, you know, the two were matching up, so to speak, and Cross turned round. He had that red mark on his face, and I thought, oh, shit, is he bleeding? <laughs> and, then I, and then I realised. Yeah. He was like, all right, there you go. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this match. Balor went out of this sword. Uh, loved this story. Right, 
I'm going to ask what's next for both, but before that, I'm going to piss off all these AEW fans because I think <laughs> Balor for me, Balor for me at that moment, uh, at that moment as a champion going in, is better or was better than Kenny Omega was as AEW champion right now. And if he kind of, yeah. I know you're going to say maybe different characters, but what Balor's delivering, how he's going about it, how he makes you feel for a title match, I think he is doing. I think at the moment I'm enjoying his work more than Kenny's. I agree. I actually agree with that. You know, uh, you know, Kenny, as great as he is in the ring, you know, uh, character-wise and what he's doing right now, and I know they're, they're trying to get to a bigger story, but they're kind of stagnating, especially with the Moxley stuff right now. I'm not really sure what's next for Kenny and his run, uh, but, you know, ma- match quality-wise, I always would love Kenny Omega. I'm not saying he's better than Finn in the ring, but like you said, as far as character elements, positioning, and who you who's more believable as a badass champion? I think the Prince character is just like like I said, one of the best. If he wanted to go back to the main roster right now, like you can establish him and make him challenge, you know, whoever was to come out of the Universal or the, the WWE Championship scene. That's how great this character has been. That don't mean it would happen because I know the main roster is a completely different story when it comes to Finn Balor. But uh, man, I agree a hundred percent. He has been. Uh, oh, uh, between those two, he's definitely been the better world champion so far. Well, his well, reign is over, but he's been the better world champion. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. No, I know exactly what I mean, because this is the thing now, and it's like, what's next for both? And I think part of the prediction-wise, you know, because uh, obviously with Balor, was the fact that I thought Ryder would get his chance to beat Balor for the title and kind of have that story overmatched. But, of course, with Cross, they obviously had a plan for him to be dominant. This is the question, though, because Balor, what does he do? Did he go up to, back to the main roster now or, you know, get maybe lost in the shuffle? And what about Karrion Cross? You asked about Volta with me earlier. Who can beat Karrion Cross for the NXT title? It's, there's no one at this moment, is there? Yeah, and that's a great point. It's the same thing with that because he's been so dominant. Like you said, beating guys like Keith Lee and, uh, and he dominated, you know, Keith Lee, surprisingly. And, you know, even though this match was a little bit more of a struggle, still, he beat Finn Balor at his own game. Uh, like I said, he looks unstoppable. I'm not even sure. I, I can't think of anyone. You know, I know we talked about Pete Dunne, but I don't know if that makes uh, the most sense unless they're going with this tweener type of thing with Cross. Then maybe, maybe so. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Finn Balor, he could, he could go to the main roster. But honestly, please don't send him up to the main roster without giving me the, the Finn Balor Volta match we were promised pre pandemic. Because, oh my goodness, I was ready for that match too. You, we want to talk about that. And that was before this historic reign. Now, post this reign, like you said, where he's at character wise, I'm not saying he should beat Volta or I'm, I'm not sure what'll happen, but seeing those two guys in some type of angle or story that leads uh, down the yeah. line, I think that would be perfect. Uh, and as far funny. as Cross yeah. goes, I can't think of, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, as, yeah, I, I really can't. I, I'm, I'm seriously I'm mulling over it right now. I'm trying to think who would be a great person to throw him in. Maybe, maybe Champa, but you know, Champa. I'm not sure what he has going with Thatcher going forward. So I don't know. Uh, it, it's tough right now as far as the the world championship scene. You know, who who should challenge as far as like right now. Uh, so I'm not sure where they're going next with Cross. But Finn Balor versus Walter should definitely be something that we. Uh, that NXT should try to get before Finn does go back to the main roster if he plans. I tell, tell you something there as well because we talk about Thatcher and we didn't even mention the fact with Volta and Chumper that he might play a factor or you know turn and, and be part of the Imperium and I think that just mm-hmm. showed you the classic 
story of the matchup. Let me forgot that. Uh, you speak about Volta versus Balor. I mean, title versus title, Volta versus Cross. I mean, I'm a clue yeah. picking that one. Exactly. Like Who that. do you pick? I mean, honestly, <laughs> that I don't. I have no clue at all. I, I would definitely sign up to see it to see someone like Volta who can dish out stuff like that against a guy who has been pretty much unstoppable. It would be a, 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 a definitely a great thing to watch, but I have no clue who to pick in that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, like I said, prediction-wise, Dobby and I went Balor. Uh, Monty, you did go for Crosser. You're 4-2 up. You win your second well, but we've still got one more match to go for this entire takeover event. Uh, Poll-wise, Balor was 59%. We see Santos interviewed. He said he would he said he would win, and he's the emperor of Lucha Libra. And then we're on to the main event. It's unsanctioned. It's Carla Riley versus Adam Cole. Uh, big fight music, you know, the dun 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 dun. And security cards either side of the entrance. We get new music for Cole, and the referee's wearing black because it's unsanctioned, damn it. <laughs> uh, but NXT has all about the undisputed era for five years. I can actually pinpoint it uh, when Drew McIntyre beat Bobby Roode for the NXT title. And Adam Cole, the undisputed era, debuted that night. Since that point, NXT has been all about the UE, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. Uh, ever since then, they were they've been everywhere. You know, world title scene. Uh, well, I think initially it was like tag team scene, North American scene. Then, you know, eventually to the world title scene. You know, no matter what you had to account for, uh, what the undisputed era was doing. You know, they had war. They they're, they're probably single handedly the reason that war games became part of the uh, you know uh, the 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 takeover of rundown basically. So. Yeah, the, the impact of Undisputed Era uh, on NXT, and I, I think it didn't hit me until Kyle O'Reilly came out with the different him and Adam Cole with different music. You know what I mean? It didn't really when well, you don't hear that. You know the boom and the the, the instrumental. You come, yeah, exactly. You come to know, man, that really hit you. That it really is over. And I, I immediately thought that Bobby Fish is sitting at home. Like, you know, I don't even, I, sh- I might as well not come back to work. <laughs> like, everything is completely yeah. different. Strong has left. They've got different entrance music. What the fuck am I meant to do now? Uh, but, I mean, I, I'm like Bobby Fish sitting at home and like us as well. We sat down to watch this epic main event. And when the bell rang, these two men charged each other, throwing punches into the outside they each went after still chairs and Adam Cole got the upper hand he batted Cole and Riley with chair shots especially using their chair paint with the Unspewed Era logo nice yeah. little touch there nice and uh, right. the two went yeah the two went back and forth with submission holes dragging in the chain that helped add to the carnage the uh, chain bump looked sick with Cole on O'Reilly um, O'Reilly planted his former friend with a brain bust on the announce table but took a TV screen to the face for his trouble um, great bits I mean the amount I'm just about to explain here is incredible as well yeah. uh, Cole Cole used a series of tools to try to maim <laughs> O'Reilly uh, O'Reilly stopped in Cole with a knee bar and a triangle choke using the chain the two both attempted to stand before left sitting on steel chairs in which they batted each other with closed fists O'Reilly got the upper hand until Cole caught with a low blow. Cole took out the referee for getting his way. Stupid ref. And not allowing him to win off a Panama Sunrise. Uh, on the stage, caught Cole in a guillotine. And all that the former champion could do was careen forward through the stage with his former friend. This reminds me of Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow. The very first time it yeah. happened. But, I mean, this was still quite um, an impressive feat. Because it looked pretty solid, you know. 
I agree 100%. I don't care what anyone says about wrestling. I that that I know that hurt. I there's it, no way that could not hurt in some way, shape, or form. That had to hurt. It was insane to me. Uh, honestly, when you usually see that spot, it's the end of the match. So the fact that they continue with this crazy stuff, you know, after that spot is, was amazing to me also. Well, it's sort of saying it. If finally, <laughs> to put an end to a Riley Cole platinum with a brain bust on the stool steps, yet somehow Riley got his shoulder up, he's turned into John Cena, <laughs> is the only explanation. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> The former champion attempted the last shot, but O'Reilly ducked. O'Reilly answered his own last shot to nearly win. The two fought near the top rope, and O'Reilly caught Cole with a low blow. How it started, how it's going. And then finally, he wrapped his knee in chain and sent that knee into Cole through a steel chair to finally win. And when I say a steel chair, the chair was the other way around. Cole, I remember taking, he took a bump from, I think, Alistair Black on the chairs the other way yeah. around. I don't, know what his, I don't know what his fucking problem is, but he needs to stop doing it uh, <laughs> because officials... Carried him out in a stretcher, and O'Reilly looked upon the carnage he inflicted, uncertain how to react. What were right. your thoughts on this? Man, I don't, I agree. You know, I, I'm, I'd be so worried about him getting impaled on accident or something. You know, when he does that, like, I don't understand why he, you know, just a bump on the chair still is effective, guys. You know that. You know, he doesn't have to make it any more terrifying, but uh, it, it, it served its purpose. It was it was, it was the finish, so I, I let it go. It, it wasn't my first time seeing that, uh, that, that type of thing also, so I like seeing new things, but yeah, I definitely don't want to see that often. Uh, the intensity of, this ma- intensity of this match from the beginning, you know, it matched that personal story that got us to this point. You know, uh, it was not a wrestling contest. This was a fight, you know, from the beginning. And it was just brutal, brutal at moments. You know, you can hear the commentators. I love the element they brought by just, you know, Belf that time, just calling for Adam Cole to stop. Like, And I remember Vic cut her off like, oh, this is an unsexy man. It can't stop. And I just I cracked up laughing because <laughs> it was hilarious. And I'm just like, yeah, I, but I understood it because at some points in this match, it's like, what is, how, how is it going to take? And, you know, uh, I, I love this match. I really did because, you know, it was a lot of stuff I've never seen before. Like, you know, uh, the, the, the clothesline slash chain clothesline kind of thing with the spot where, where Kyle O'Reilly got hung up. It was insane. You know, the figure four leg lock with a chain. Like they was, I've never seen anybody. It's, it's almost borderline sadistic how creative they were, especially Adam at times, you know. And that's why I get to that fan, you know, in the middle of the match, after Kyle O'Reilly is taking – a hell of a ass whooping. Someone is like, you suck, O'Reilly. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? How can you watch this match and not feel any sort of sympathy for what this man is doing for your entertainment? Like, what, what kind of – and then, like, he hit the – Adam Cole hit the referee, and it's like, Adam Cole, like, you deserved it. Uh, I'm like, really? The ref deserved it. <laughs> deserved it for telling him <laughs> not to hurt his friend. You know, oh, okay. I, the fans – you know, I I understand. I like Adam Cole too, but really, like, I don't know how you can cheer some of the things at all that he was doing, especially somebody that's supposed to be, you know, somebody he looked at as a friend. But again, that that added an element to the story that I that I must say did, you know, not necessarily help the match. It distracted me at times, but you know, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it because what these guys put themselves through was just. In unbelievable and somehow they weave a story into that you know because like you said <laughs> uh at the end i love how kyle o'reilly was then you know he raised his hand kind of but didn't really want to it's like should i feel like i won after that you know what i'm saying 
the only negative I can think uh, think of is like you said, you know, at times I was just like, all right, you know, it's no way. Like, first of all, that that same spot on the steps had you had you on a stretcher a few months, a few weeks yeah. ago and you're you're fi- you kick out of it and you're fine. Like they went a little bit overboard, you know, it was a little bit lengthy, too. You know, at times I thought maybe, you know, they didn't necessarily have to go as long as they did. But, you know, I cannot give uh, these guys enough credit for what they did just for my uh, entertainment or our entertainment. You know, I can't even do the match justice. You know, so I, I will definitely still give it uh, five stars because it definitely worked, in my opinion, as an unsanctioned fight. Like, it felt like that. It felt personal. But it, it was some elements that if I wanted to uh, nitpick, I would. But just just based on some of the stuff that they went through, I gotta give those guys all the props in the world because it was it was uh, definitely a compelling contest. Well, you can see Triple H's creative touch, you know, when he's going, "Well, uh, we need uh, 30, 40 minute main event," uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. One of my issues, though, as well, was the fact that I thought at one point Adam Cole was going to bring out exploding barbed wire as a big <laughs> fuck you to AEW. Go, this is how you do it. Blow up Kyle O'Reilly and shit, you know. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is how we end it. But what what were we expecting? You know, like how could they end that when it was it was just so kind of not ridiculous, but you know the punishment they took. Like I said, shave off maybe ten or fifteen minutes. Um, but O'Reilly needed to win here. We'll benefit from this run in NXT. Um, yeah. I think Adam Cole may have more match minutes at Takeover than anyone. I know Johnny Gargano has got a few. <laughs> I know Balor's had like 16 takeovers, but Cole's had like epic matches with Johnny Gagano that's lasted an hour. All the War Games matches as well, you yeah. know, 45 minutes long. So, you know, if you top up the minutes. Um, so it looks like O'Reilly's going to stay in NXT. Um, I'm going to give this a four and a half out of five. Like I said, the, the, the punishment that they took. But the question is, is Adam Cole going to be up on the going main, main roster? And if he does, will he? how will he fare on his own? Uh, you know, I, Adam Cole is one of those guys. As far as uh, if, depending on, you know, maybe not only the, uh, the old man's how he how he views Adam Cole, but I believe Adam Cole has the potential to be a really really big star. I think uh, they would really be missing the boat if they do not, you know, let him get a, get a nice heel run. Maybe start off, you know, as you know, you know, uh, taking out taking on someone like Riddle right now, who's the intercontinental. I mean, who, yeah, who's the uh, not intercontinental United States champion, you know, maybe start off with that, you know, instead of like, don't, don't, don't rush it, you know, let it gradually build, let him, you know, be who he is a great, you know, egomaniac of a heel. And I think if you can just give him guys that, that, that you can let him work with, you know, maybe it won't end up being the 30 minute sprints that we, that we're used to in NXT, you know what I mean? Or those marathon matches that he, uh, that he loved that he's been having, but still, I think the match quality and, his character work can work on the main roster. Now, will it work and will they take him seriously? I have no clue. I found out WWE says they're looking to get into the uh, the Lucha Libre and Latin market and uh, hire more wrestlers, and they let Andrade go. So you make the main roster make sense. I don't. It don't make sense to me. That is a perfect point. Like they could be. We look at the Ascension, you know, the most right. dominant tag team in any to the main roster and get used like that. Whereas someone like, uh, you know, another example like Elias, who didn't have an existence right. in NXT, 
he'd still be treated as his jobber, but, you know, he's got a role here. So we, we don't know what could happen, but a great way to end uh, Stan and Deliver. Takeover prediction-wise, uh, prediction both went to Riley free. Uh, so over to you, Monty. You won again, but only one wrong on each night. That is great stuff. I'm glad the NXT update helped helped one of us so much. So. <laughs> yeah, I, believe it or not, you know, I think I've been uh, I've grew I've grown up with Triple H at this point. I'm th- I'm think I'm starting to think just like him. <laughs> Time to play the game. <laughs> Poll wise, Carl got seventy four percent. Night two rating. So. Uh, MVP of the night, match of the night, and rating. I think my MVP has to be Jordan Devlin with just the yeah. punishment that he took in the ladder match. Second goes to Kyle O'Reilly's back. But I think Devlin's yeah. my MVP. Who's your, who's your MVP for the night? Yeah, I, I think I have uh, one. My MVP always, when Shotzi does this, she deserves a mention <laughs> whenever she survives any match that she has almost at this point. And uh, I, I agree 100%, you know, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, that, that spot through the floor, like some of the stuff that they put him through <laughs> to tell that story, man, was, uh, he deserves uh, a mention also as MVP of the night. They should make an, oh, my God, I tried to kill Kyle t-shirt or something like that. Like, <laughs> terrible. Yes. Um, right. A match of the night. I mean, this is difficult for me, but I'm going to say the main event just because of the punishment O'Reilly took. Credit to Adam yeah. Cole as well. Um, and and uh, I, I, it was just so tough for me, for me but <laughs> I, I really was into that story that Bally and Cross was telling, man. So I'll, I'm going to go with uh, Finn and, uh, and Cross. Uh, like I said, just because of the elements I mentioned earlier, the fact that the, the, the passing of the torch has probably established a guy who was already dominant in it, you know, now, but now he looks unstoppable after the throning. Uh, uh, the champion. I love the story there, and I'm, I'm going with that. Uh, also, I will say as well, in regards to predictions and everything else, that NXT TakeOver, like I said, Dub and I have been watching it since 16, never has the NXT women's and the male title changed hands at one TakeOver. I know this is over two nights, but wow. it is the first time that both titles have changed hands. So it's quite, and I'm not saying that's the reason I went for EO or Balor either way, but the fact right. is that it was quite a huge event. Uh, I'm going to give, I prefer probably night one over night two, uh, but overall for night two, I'm going to give it an eight and three quarters out of 10. What are you going to give it? Yeah, I, I was leaning towards, like you said, like maybe eight and a half, nine, you know, it was a couple of things. Uh, like I said, as good as a lot of matches were, it was, uh, was a little element with uh, one or two of the matches that may have been NXT, uh, regular NXT worthy instead of takeover worthy. Uh, that that may take away from it, but uh, man, give me Cross and Balor and uh, Volta and Champa any day of the week. Give me those that type of stuff any day of the week, and I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So finally, out of all, uh, I think it's quite a question. Uh, what match out of the both nights stole the show? I think it would say Volta versus Champa is the match that kind of stood head and shoulders yeah. above the rest. Would be fair to say. I agree. Uh, what would you? What would you give both nights out of 10 if you had to put them together, overall ranking out of 10? Um, I think for me, I gave a nine and a quarter for the first night, eight and three quarters for the second. So I think a nine overall. Is it too much to have all this together? I don't know, but I love NXT, so I didn't really struggle with this. So I'm going to say a nine and then deliver. What about you? Yeah, I think nine, nine, nine out of 10 is perfect, right in that range. You know, it was 
It was really, really good. You know, like I said, nothing bad at all on any of these matches. You know, like I said, maybe a couple of them didn't didn't uh, deserve to be takeover. Worthy. They weren't necessarily takeover worthy, but I thought it was a fun two nights. Uh, uh, like I said, great stories were told. And also, this is the uh, marking of a new era. Like you said, both women's and the male uh, NXT championships change your hand. And, you know, I'm excited to see what's, what's coming with Cross. Now he can actually have, you know, some title defenses and also uh, see what Raquel has uh, in that very deep and strong women's division. I'd like to see what would be next for her, uh, you know, down the line. So uh, I thought just for those reasons, too, it was these this, these two nights were very strong because it's kind of the marking of a new era, uh, you know, post EO and Finn Balor. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's really interesting as well. That's why we did the polls for the reason as well, is the fact that, you know, we might have preferred night one, but the poll-wise, uh, asking about night two, OK got 5%, good got 14%, great got 29%, awesome 52%. Wow. So people uh, <laughs> rated night two. And also we should say that uh, John Carlo uh, took a picture when it was 100% awesome and just said, can we leave it that way? Uh, but you have got your wish because it has been awesome. It has been a fantastic takeover. I mean, when you consider there was two hours on the, the Wednesday, an hour and 15 of prelude, and the two hours, 40 minutes, and we've been doing it for two and a half hours. It's been so enjoyable, and it has flown by, hasn't it, you know? Once again, another uh, another review down, another uh, great great time, you know, and uh, I, I agree, you know, it always fly, fly by, and these shows also, even though, like you said, it's like cold and Kyle O'Reilly were probably the only match that I can even say even went remotely too long, you know. So, you know, the the pacing of these uh, takeovers is still probably the best pacing of any of any, you know, major pay-per-view like type of event that they have. Uh, you know, the pacing uh, is the one thing I love the most about NXT. Their shows are always beautifully paced. Exactly. Before you know it, you've get into the major matches that you're looking forward to and like to take over always delivered or tonight stand and deliver what a cheesy way to end the episode but don't yes. forget that is it before we go oh, follow the week do you like semen no sorry before we go oh, <laughs> no lord here we go before we go I'm... <laughs> sorry. Before we go, our follow of the week is Puro Seeker. Don't forget, of course, all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Uh, do you want to just plug your stuff quickly? All right. At, uh, I'm on Twitter at my Monty Pod. I changed my at name back. I had a lot of people complaining. You need to stop switching the name. With the okay. My Monty Pod. My Monty is the name of the podcast. Uh, we, we returned. <laughs> we did a WrestleMania uh, and NXT predictions. Uh, pod and we will be uh, recapping uh, WrestleMania uh, next week so uh, look out for that uh, check me out on Twitter and uh, thank you once again Dublin off and uh, for having me I, I love doing these and uh, it's, just, it's just great man talking about these events and uh, it just adds a fun element I love the fact that I get to jot down notes and know that our, our me and James are gonna uh, break this stuff down and I, I like I like that new element to my take that's cool <laughs> I completely agree with it. And the thing is, like I said, for two days, you know, I've been watching wrestling nonstop. And right. now you get a chance to sit down and go into detail and just get it all out your system, everything you've seen. And just yeah. be like, this is a reason. There's a reason for it. You know, it's not just a case of going back to work on the Monday morning. It's like, yes, we can actually get through it, you know, talk about it as well. And that's what's great about it. And like I said, check uh, 
uh, Monty out as well. And of course, the Dublin All on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the Google platforms to listen to email Dublin All Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube. Dublin All Podcast for latest clips. Podcast got the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be WrestleMania with. Uh, Jaxi Scarlet but next with Monty well we've got a lot coming up we've got New Japan in May we're going to catch up on and then another NXT update but I also wanted to ask you because the WNR's anniversary is May 4th and I'm wondering if um, you know I was thinking maybe to get a couple of people together and just maybe to hit a couple of subjects Uh, basically it's where were you on May 4th 2015 because that's when the WNR podcast started. It would be right. you know, interesting to see where you were. Best match since May 2015. Being on the WNR podcast, and I thought we could also have a look at Jericho and Austin podcast. I'm going to try and get everybody together and uh, review it individually and see what everybody else thinks about that one show. Okay, so, sounds good to me. I'm down. I'm completely We'll see what I happens. I mean, it, it might just be me and you and everybody else tells me to fuck off. But if that's the case, so what? <laughs> Right, right. Who cares? It is. It is. Hey, as long as you and me together, mate, we'll be fine. Like I said, it's always a pleasure. I have been James Rose, and I was joined by the fantastic mind of Monty. Uh, But until then, that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Adios.